Turn it up. You're listening to Live and Loud with the Lord, Nelson, that is. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, once again, you know who it is. It is yours truly, the Lord. Nelson, that is, from the podcast Live and Loud with the Lord on the CMS Network with five Royals Entertainment. (laughs) Yeah, listen, we got another special guest. We're doing work, doing work. This guy right here is an amazing dude. And like, you know, I know people like to go off the cuff or whatever like that, but I like to start it off by reading something about these individuals when I do my research on them and just let it be known to the listeners and the, the watchers about the greatness of these individuals that are on Live and Loud with the Lord. So uh, let me begin like this. Ladies and gentlemen, this young man here is truly one of the most interesting men alive. And I mean that. Not only does he have an amazing podcast, but his life leading up to his podcast has been filled with more experiences and journeys than most people will ever witness, let alone live. He's a musician, former Marine and monk, actor, screenplay writer, porn star. (laughs) You're good. Keep going. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. I mean, he knows a few porn stars. He knows a few porn stars. Uh (laughs) Yeah, but no, that that was that was that the, the, the high point. (laughs) We're going to keep going. I'm still going. And he is an avid film buff, vegan, and is part owner of the Banging Hell's Heart Merch Company. Man, yo, man. So ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. Along with Just Nice, Justin Campbell, my guy, man. Yo. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I welcome to the Live and Loud with the Lord podcast, Mr. J. Curtis Strickland, host of the Tea and Fuckery Podcast. Yeah. Nelson, what's up, man? Uh, dude, <laughs> such an honor and a blessing to be here. Um, on, really had a really had a great time uh, with your episode. It was, yes, it was like I said, a real pleasure. And <laughs> you know, I'm just I'm ready to like you know chop it up, have a good time. You know, uh, you know, I've been listening to Open Season all week, I man. See you. Like that's my motivational song now, man. It's like it's so good, you know. It, it that you, Rich man. Ward riff on there is just is oh, slick. Man. And I also listen to that. This is my opportunity to uh, to um, not disparage, but um, you know Scott Cowan from Violent Life, Violent Death. He's like, yes, like my brother, you know. Like uh-huh. we, we grew up together and we played yeah. in projects together. But I I got a funny story about him. Right. Um, <laughs> back whenever we were in our old band. Stained Glass Romance, which Just Nice was into. Yes. Um, we, I think we were playing a show with Bloodlet at uh, Ground Zero in Spartanburg. Yeah. And um, we were kind of in a rush. And so, you know, I was working at a Jersey Mike's at the time. Mm-hmm. And me and Paul Verley, the guitar player, the other guitar player besides Justin, we went in there and we got all these subs at a discounted rate, you know. And um, Scott and Just Nice roll up in the parking lot while we're walking out with all these subs. And so Scott's funny because he'll always try to, when he starts off into an interview, it's very, yeah, I'm Scott Cowan. How are you doing today? You know? And it's like <laughs> Troy McClure from the Simpsons and stuff, but then like completely like biscuits and gravy comes out later, you know? And so 
we walk out into the parking lot and he's in the passenger side where, you know, Justin's in the driver's side and he rolls down the window and he looks out at us. We've got all this food in our hand. He goes, he goes, John, he goes, what the fuck like that? And I said, what, dude? And he goes, you know, I don't eat sandwiches, John. You know, I don't eat that fucking shit. Like, and it was so like honky tonk the way he said it, you know, and he's like, I'm going to Wendy's, man. And now I always dog him because he's got a young daughter. And I said, you know, you can't just feed her pizza and cereal, Scott. Like well, you got to actually get her vegetables and like milk and things like, you know, so. But I love that guy. And, you know, I just wanted to shout out uh, Scott and Joe and, you know, Just Nice and Violent Life, Violent Death. Like sure. those guys are I mean, you know, having known them since, you know, teen years, they have come so far along and matured musically. And I remember when they when they showed me one of their EPs initially, I was like, this is the best stuff you guys have ever done collectively. Mm. And I'm so I'm so proud of them for like how how, you know, consistent they've been, you know, like not too many bands we've been in have like had multiple releases. So. You know, I'm I'm not in the band, but now I've got the opportunity. Uh, was just talking to Justin about that, doing a uh, a video for them out here, right? And uh, yeah, for one of their songs. So uh, looking forward to that. And you know, Justin, he's he's fantastic, man. He's uber zen, yes, and sir. you know, just a, like almost like a probably a yogi in a previous life, and <laughs> you know, just a real good friend. And and I was listening to that episode, and uh, Scott was talking about how yeah justin you're driving with me you know and it right. that's how i that's how you feel about justin because it's like if you want to call somebody just to talk and like you know have real cerebral and heady conversations with he i mean he's the man dude like and you know he's he's just yeah just at a at a maximum chill level and i've always loved that about justin never i've never really seen him get rowdy or uppity towards anyone ever ever right. One of the great human He'll beings. He'll probably disagree with me. Nah, yeah. nah, he is always, I can't think of one time he was always on calm and cool. And just like you said, man, I was always waiting for him to say something profound. He just always would hit me with something that I, and I was just like, oh man, it made me think, man. I was just like, yeah, right. Justin. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. And he, and he would say yeah. it in such a, a, a calm way that it calmed me also. And it's just like, yeah. it's just at peace. I'm just well, like, I, nice I, I don't know how you feel about zodiacs, but like I'm a fire sign, so pretty much anybody that's not in that realm can like take me down like two or three notches, you know. <laughs> and so I, you know, Justin, he's just got this remarkable ability to um, make everything placid. Yes, you know, like the whole atmosphere just completely shifts when he's around. It's great. Nice word to describe placid. He makes it just just so calm. And yeah, indeed, indeed. Yeah. No doubt. Everyone gets everyone's copacetic after that. Well, 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 we just wanted to give love to Justin and, and listen, you deserve that whole part right there, young man, because you are definitely that guy. Most definitely. So my first question that I like to ask everybody is where are you from? Where were you born, young man? I was born in a small little area of uh, Florida called Plantation. Um, I live there. Yeah, it's a, a kind of a subsection of Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Uh, I don't know that it's necessarily a suburb. I didn't live there long enough to really experience it. Right. Terrible name, by the way. <laughs> um, but then um, I moved around from Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. Uh, I lived in um, 
Orlando. And yeah, we moved all around, lived in Arkansas, Montana, and then eventually landed in uh, North Carolina yeah. on and off. And then L.A. Floridian, huh? Man, oh, man. Uh, yeah. I guess that probably explains the crazy a little bit. <laughs> Listen, I know, one of my, I know a few people from Florida, man. <laughs> well, one, well, one of my buddies is like, dude, every time, every time you hear about crazy people in the news, they're from Florida. He's like, every time. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. You know, like East Palatka, Florida, meth company or meth capital of the world. It's like <laughs> any episode of Cops or anything, you know, those body cam videos yeah, on YouTube yeah. that I'm so right. addicted to, like where... They run up in the trailer park and, you know, the people are just completely <laughs> meth out of their minds. It's like, it makes you appreciate life, man. And you're uh, like, man, I'm doing good. <laughs> no doubt. I always think that Charlemagne, uh, the Charlemagne the God, he says that um, Florida and people from Detroit, and I think he said from the Bronx, are just crazy as can be. He's like... <laughs> The craziest people in the world. I I I, I think it, I got that right. But anyway. right. <laughs> yeah. So well, and then so, you know the re little religious wing nuts from Florida too, and it's like, yeah, maybe they mean well, but I guess the road to hell is paved uh, with good intentions, you know. And so some of those guys come off as complete zealots and wing nuts, you know. So so being from Florida, so did you spend say you know up until your teenage years, did you spend the most time in Florida? No, I mean I really went to. Um, probably about till age seven. And then, okay. you know, we landed in Little Rock for a year. And then I lived in Montana for seven years, um, uh, probably up until I was like a freshman in high school. Okay. Uh, and then we moved, we moved to North Carolina uh, in 1997. I remember it real distinctly. It was whenever Ray Carruth from the Panthers. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. what, you remember that? Yes, yeah. Sir. yeah. That, I, that, that happened the day we moved there. I remember because wow. it was all over the news. That yeah. Was crazy. And so, yeah. And um uh yeah, I landed there for about 20 years um and then did um uh served in the Marine Corps um you know, and so traveled all around with that and then, you know, had a monastic trajectory uh went all over the world with that and now I'm doing a new band and I'm going to be going all, all over the world with that. So I mean, it, it's been an adventure, man. Yeah. I'm sure you can attest to that, you know, yeah. like going out <laughs> outside to other countries and experiencing that, you oh, know. Oh man. It's it's a beautiful thing. So you so North Carolina, you said you spent 20 years there. So what was the best thing about being in North Carolina? North Carolina. <laughs> you know, yeah, I I I'm going to say I have a different appreciation for North Carolina. Okay. Um I had a conversation with somebody there uh, from there the other day. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about Charlotte and she was like, I love Charlotte. And I was like, not me, you know, like, I guess it's kind of like an embarrassment of riches out here. Cause like this place totally trounces Charlotte, you know, but I mean, there are aspects to Charlotte that I like, like I'm, you know, you were talking about in, uh, in one of the, one of your episodes, how like playing one of those really like intimate spaces, like yes. milestone or like, right. um, God, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to remember the real packed venues. Um, Pablo's? Did you ever play Pablo's? Never played Pablo's. Uh, uh, oh, why is it escaping me? My boy John Hayes. Uh, Tremont. Tremont John. Music Hall. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Tremont's I used to work at Tremont, dude. Really? Tremont's yeah. amazing place. I was play a bouncer at Tremont. Time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, you, I'm sure you played the big stage, right? 
I don't know. We played what's the other place? Um uh, Amos's. Oh, Amos's. We played Amos's. Yeah. I, mean, I played Amos with Stuck Mojo and with No Power, No Crown. So Amos's definitely. But those are the places that I've played. I played in Milestone also. Uh, but Ooh, yeah. yeah, those were my spots that I played in uh in Charlotte. Yeah, I mean, I love the milestone. The milestone's so like like it's it's just like a time capsule, you know. <laughs> like you go in there and you see like bad brains and like Cro-Mags yes. and dead Kennedys and stuff, you know, and yes. it's this, uh, I think Nirvana played there at one point. Oh man. I believe so. Yeah. Like back I can in the see day, that so. though. I, I can see that though. I love Nirvana. Oh yeah. Indeed, indeed, indeed. yeah so, me too. So, so good. Also, so do you come from a big family or a small family? Um, I have one younger sister. Mm-hmm. She's married. She's fantastic. Um, you know, I never had any blood brothers per se. Uh-huh. Um, but like I, you know, any of my friends are automatically my brothers, gotcha. you know, because, you know, that's just that's my way of kind of like dealing with that situation. I always wanted brothers, you know, like mm-hmm. I always thought it would be cool. And I was always kind of envious of my friends that had brothers, you know, because wow. like, you know, I was the prototype, you know, <laughs> like I was the first run, you know, and it would have helped to have had some, you know. Kids in my life that could like, you know. I didn't really learn to fight till much later in my life. And as a result, kind of got my ass kicked a lot when I was a kid, you know, <laughs> so it would have been nice. You know, I, I hear all these great stories about brothers. Right. Um, some of my friends growing up that, you know, they're like, oh, man, fucking I was getting in a fight all the time with my brother. And I'm like, man, I wish I had that. Yeah, no, it's such a weird thing, but yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, no, to, my bro- to my get brother, your chops in early. Yeah, my brother used to whip my ass on a regular basis and uh, he's two years older than me, but I always had, an, you know, I have older sisters too. So my oldest sister, man, anytime he just like body slammed me real hard, like some, you know, some definitely, you know, def- some wrestling shit from back in the day. And he's like, I'm not fucking with you anymore. And then my sister would come and tear his ass up. <laughs> and listen, he, and, but, but you know, listen, but I, 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 I didn't shy away from it, you know, it, it's all love. But now we're older. I'm, yeah, bigger, yeah. I'm bigger than he is, you know, I'm taller than he is. It's all love. But, uh, yeah, it's always, if I ever wanted to go get in a fight with anybody, I'd like to have him with me because he's uh no oh, nonsense yeah. when it comes to stuff. <laughs> so, oh so yeah, me, I mean that that's always the best friend to have. Yes, you know? So let me ask you this question: So in your younger years, you were into a religious music scene. Was that music scene in in um Charlotte? Was that the religious music scene you were in? Well, it was in Statesville. The one, uh, yeah. So Justin, them were in there. So you were in there too. Justin so, Scott, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was kind you, of a. Yeah, what do you remember most about that? Well, I mean, yeah, I I don't want to say that was my first exposure to punk rock, uh, but it was definitely my most formative, you know, and, um, you know, going up there, you know, kind of like Justin was saying, like, you've always got this impression that uh, Christian music and Christian rock is is lame or or that it's, you know, hymnal or something like that. I remember my first exposure to Christian bands was uh Carmen and uh Audio Adrenaline and DC Talk and like I was like my mom's like ah this is Christian rock I'm like this is Christian dumpster fire like throw this shit in the trash you know um but then yeah we we yeah um my good friend Mike Johnson um I love that guy he's my brother um you know, he uh, and he ended up going on a ministerial trajectory. He's in going for his doctorate and stuff, man, awesome. that guy, you know, but we used to go up to the upper room.
Um, and uh, yeah, Nancy Sheets, she was a, she ran that. She was a really nice lady. Um, but yeah, it, it was, um, I, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of like a, I don't know. I stand on the sidelines a lot, you know, mm-hmm. before okay. I really kind of like make my presence known, you know, and I kind of like, it's weird. And I do this every time I go into a situation, like I've been doing this at my yoga studio, like I kind of just sit and I observe. And, you know, that was how it was with me. And I, I wasn't like tight with any of these guys at that point. You know, I we were all kind of like casual acquaintances and we knew each other from bands and stuff, you know. Right. Um, and uh, I mean, it was great. You know, I, I, I remember just going up there and seeing shows, you know, and, and you know, spirituality is is still very important to me, you know, and, mm-hmm. and to be able to have that as a as a young man, you know, that was um I mean, it was life changing for me, you know, it was like a, a paradigm shift. And, and there's such a huge spiritual component to a lot of these great artists that we love that, you know, they never talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, like, I mean, you look at a band like U2. Right. I mean, those guys are like so like into Jesus and stuff like that, you know, and yes. but that was never like what they were about, per se. They put you know? out there. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So. um so I, I guess, you know, music has kind of worked in tandem with my spiritual trajectory, you know, you know, like music has served as a big inspiration. Yeah. Um, uh, bad brains, you know, those, those guys were big into, you know, Rastafarianism, mm-hmm. um, pro mags, you know, John Joseph, all those guys, I mean, those, they were Hare Krishnas, you know, still are. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a component that you just can't deny. You know, because it's so, it's so prevalent in all of it. Yeah, that no, that's love, man. Because and once again, like I told Charlie from Aftermath, man, I love when you roll right into things that I was going to ask you, and you really answered the question about how do you feel that time prepared you for your future endeavors? Because you can still see that it's in you, and um, that's a great thing. And you stand on that foundation, and uh, that's, that's awesome, good, man. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. So, <laughs> as, so as a young man, what what dreams did you have for a career? You've done so much. So, so what, what, what dreams do you have for a career that you remember? Um, well, I mean, I've always kind of had a performance background. Um, I was seven probably when I did my first thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, this is embarrassing, but I admit it because I got (laughs) made fun of for it. One of my first productions ever, you can't use this as blackmail material against me anymore, folks. I did a, um, a ballet. I tried oh, out for a ballet. Yes. Okay. Cast stones make fun, but you know oh, what? Man. I that was my that was my first foray into it. And you know, my mom took me and you know auditioned me for it. And yeah. um I'd had no experience in any of it whatsoever. And I ended up getting the part over kids that had, and I was like, Wow, they were they were fucking pissed. And <laughs> and I was like, Well, they can have it. I was like, I don't I don't really want to be in the the forefront of the whole production anyway, you know. And, you know, like I went to elementary school and my my friends found out about it. And, oh, God, they fucking oh, razzed the shit out of me. And, yeah, it was fucking terrible. Um, but, you know what? Fucking, I don't give a shit. You know, like, I don't care anymore. Like, I'm not I'm not that age anymore. So I don't need to, you know, fucking whatever. You know, like, it, look at some of the greats, you know, like Patrick Swayze. Look at that motherfucker, you know? Of course. Um, yeah. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I I've always kind of been doing plays i did the commercial when i was younger um yeah. 
my first film that I did, I was a background player in a Leonard Nimoy film really? called Holy Matrimony. Yeah. Holy and <laughs> yeah, it was uh, with Patricia Arquette, um, Joseph Gordon Levitt, uh, John Shuck from MASH and Star Trek. He was in there too. Um, this, dude right, this dude right here is dropping. Listen. I'm telling you, this dude's dropping names, and I'm loving it. <laughs> God, I'm not trying, no, but no, I mean, no, I, I, no, to give I you, want, I want you to do that. Continue, please. Okay. Well, to, <laughs> I was, I was more so giving a frame of reference, but it was like, yeah, I got to meet Patricia Arquette when I was ten. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Um, but yeah, no, the, uh, they put out a call. This was when I was living in um, Montana. Okay. Um, and my good friend uh, Tim Larue is a. Uh, who was a Groundlings uh, graduate? His dad was a like a production designer. He was an architect, mm -hmm. but uh, he designed all the like schematics for the set and everything. And um, they put out an open call in the newspaper at the time, the Great Falls Tribune, mm -hmm. and they said, "If you want to be an extra in this movie, come and just show up. Right. It's not paid." which they capitalized on uh, because you try to do that in LA or anywhere else. And people are like, ah, nah, I'm right. union, you know, fuck you. Um, but, you know, people in Montana are like, Oh, we're going to be in a movie yet. You know? And I mean, I was excited as a 10 year old and, and I, I was a huge, huge Star Trek fan. Yeah. And um, it was a real honor and pleasure to get it. And I, I did get to meet him originally yeah, exactly. Live long and prosper. Um, he um he was at a restaurant in Great Falls and we just we were there and he just showed up, you know, and he was there eating. And I was like, Mom, mom, can I go talk to him? She said, No, he's eating breakfast. And right. I was like, Mom, I still want to talk to him. I was like, It's Mr. Spock, you know. Right, right. And so I was like, I we ended up getting into production and um we were on set. And, you know, it, it was a scene at a state fair mm -hmm. and uh, we had to like move around and John Shuck was chasing Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Patricia Arquette through the state fair. Right. And so we, we were just like, you know, they call it, um, uh, God, what do they call it? It's one of those derailed train moments at this time. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Well, people walk left and right. There's a, there's a film term to it and right. it was right okay. on the tip of my uh, tongue. Uh, yeah. Crosses. Okay. Cross it. Yeah, fucking anyway. Uh so we were doing that or whatever. Yeah. And you know, we were kind of set up for it all day. We we were there all day. Right. All day. And all the production staff was going around and saying, Don't talk to Mr. Nimoy. Um, don't talk to Miss Sarquette. You know, uh, I didn't get any interaction with Joseph Gordon Levitt. I tried to play Street Fighter 2 with him. They brought in this big big uh arcade cabinet of street fighter 2 uh -huh. and he was there playing it and i was like can i play and his like guy handler was like nah you know like that and i was like but i can whoop his ass <laughs> um but uh i mean shit man you get them bison in there you did you're over man it's, it's over um and you know all the production staff was like don't talk to anyone and i'm leonard nimoy's there and i'm like I'm a 10 year old kid. I don't give a fuck. You know? right. So even his director's chair and I walked right up to him yeah. and I said, Mr. Nimoy, I said, it's a real honor to meet you. I said, will you sign this for me? It was like just a piece of notebook paper or uh -huh. something. I was like, whatever, you know, yeah. he said, absolutely. Absolutely. It was so friendly. He was 
so you know outgoing yes and then my dumb ass takes a step back and says live long and prosper <laughs> and he laughed and said you too and i was like <laughs> later come to find out that he wrote a book that says i am not spock and like he hated that because really? i think he got typecast as that yeah and yes. Uh, you know, I'm a 10 year old kid. I don't know better, you know, and now I do. I'm like, that was dumb as shit, you know. But, he la- but, but look, I'm going to say he laughed. So when he laughed he at that, he 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 took you as being that that young man. It'd be different if it was a grown ass person. But he he really? looked at that young man and said, like, he doesn't even know. He's just like just giving the respect because that's something he probably listen. He, pr- sure. he probably yeah. it would, probably didn't bother him at all, but being that he left. Well, let me tell you yeah. what I actually got to meet uh, Walter Koenig, who was Chekhov in Star Trek. That was uh-huh. about a month ago. Really? Now here I am. Here I am, my age, right? And I'm like <laughs> geeking the fuck out. I'm like, oh, it's Ch- shit, you know? Right. And um, I got to talk to him, and you know, really, really nice guy. Um, just really, really humble. Um very unassuming like you know and, and just he would hang out with you i'm sure and just like chat with you like he was telling me about when he went to uh went to school acting school with james Kahn. wow like man these stories are gold i, yes. I would love to get him on this show i think it'd be fantastic yes. um but um so that that was really cool but i'm still i was still a nervous wreck you know and i'm like uh, 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 i never usually ask people to take pictures with him but i was like it's it's check off you know i have to you know it's walter <laughs> Kennedy. um so i took a picture with him you know and he was he was a real nice guy he was real real cool about it you know that's awesome that's awesome well yeah. sir no great and listen love that great great segment right there that's what i'm talking Thanks, about man. please have conversations so i want oh, yeah. i want to i want to do a timeline of life, okay. life experiences, like what came first? Okay, so musician first, and then you went to. I, I'm saying musician, you know. When, okay. So, so you run the timeline. Tell me how it goes down. Yeah. So, um, you know, um, fetus, zygote, <laughs> um, <laughs> infant. Uh, no, I um, you know. <laughs> I had to. I had to. Um, originally, you know, I, I kind of I guess I kind of got started with the, you know, I don't want to say ballet was my re- first real foray into it because I never really did anything with it after that. I mean, I guess if you want to be technical about it. Hold on. Uh, what? Are you talking about performance wise or what? I'm still laughing because you did what I would have done. You said the I'm sorry, man. I picture everything, man. I'm just, I'm crazy, man. I, I apologize, but no, no. I was just talking. About this. Good night, <laughs> everybody. Live long and prosper. Oh yes. <laughs> so I'm talking about like musicianship, and then you went, you know, from being a. a oh, I thought I thought you were talking about performance background in general. Well, well, we'll get there. So I'm just saying the timeline. So okay. I mean, if that came first, then yes. Before the music, I mean, before... like, like I said, it, it started as a child, you know, and I mean, uh-huh. I, I did school plays, so I mean, really acting first. Okay. I mean, because yeah. I did that more than okay, anything, you know. First. Like, okay. Yeah, I did school plays, and then I went to, um, you know, I went to the military. I did that for okay, a minute, yeah. and then I went back into um, acting mm-hmm. at uh, UNC Greensboro, and then I went to the Stella Adler Academy here in uh, Hollywood, and. Um, 
you know, and, and music too, it's always been kind of omnipresent in my life. Like I played trumpet when I was in uh, elementary school. I, I heard oh. when you were talking about Bones as a trumpet player, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, and I got yeah. real intrigued, you know, because like, um, and my friend uh, Chubby Fresh, what's up, Chubby? Chubby um, Fresh. He, his, um, this is crazy because his grandfather, Itchy Pines, used to play for Glenn Miller Orchestra. Really? And I used to love Glenn Miller when I was a young kid and learning trumpet, you know? And so I was like, dude, that is so cool. Like, how is this that we, you know, we become friends and stuff, you know, like that. I was like, Glenn Miller was huge for me, you know? And, and it, I went into, uh, you know, trumpet and, um, they asked me to be in like their jazz band, you know? And it was, the funny thing is, have you seen Whiplash? Whiplash. With um, it has Miles Teller and uh, J.K. Simmons, where they're in the jazz group. Which they're jazz so. drummers. I don't. Oh, think so. I highly recommend it, man. It's yeah, it's yeah, yeah, and especially if you're a musician, you know, yeah. like um, I wouldn't say it was that bad. It, it's paled in comparison, but like you know, we used to have to wake up early, and the the teacher would give us detention if we yawned, you know. I mean, he's not like throwing in the movie. J.K. Simmons is like fucking a madman, like throwing symbols at people and shit like that. Wow. You know, so we got them. We got the mild version of it. And then, you know, eventually I uh, didn't do trumpet anymore. Um, and then I did, uh, you know, my first stringed instrument was a bass. Mm -hmm. And uh, I played that more so as a hobby than anything. Um, and then I joined Stained Glass Romance for a while where they were like, you they're like you want to be in the band i was like sure and they're like what do you play and i was like guitar bass and this was scott and justin and my right. friend paul verley and all these people mm -hmm. and i was like well i play all those things and i can sing and they said well we've got all these things and they said wait a second <laughs> what if you played the keyboard and i was like i don't know how to play the keyboard they were like neither do any of the keyboards that are currently playing <laughs> hardcore right now and i said great it's perfect, you know? And so I did that for a stint, which they're uh, re-releasing some of the EPs that we did with yeah. um, uh, this label out of upstate New York. Okay, that's what Scott was talking or, about. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, uh, Long Island. Yeah, gotcha, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. yeah. And, um, you know, good good for them. Um, it, was a, it was a fun time. Um, and then we did, um, you know, I did a band called Death Blow. No one left to this shit! And then we were actually, we put out our first album on Closed Casket Activities, and that, that band is blowing up. Um, we actually had um, that album was produced by Tommy Chirk from uh, End of All, and uh, later he joined Mushroomhead. Which mm. um, shout out to uh, Jeff Hatrix, who is coming on the show uh, here in about two or three weeks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he he was basically uh, an unofficial member for a few shows, um, and and then he went on to do great great work. Great guy, dude. Uh, to and great guitar player Tommy Church. Um, 
uh, did a project after that Tyrannus that was kind of really depressing. <laughs> it was featuring some of the ex stained glass members, which we actually played a show with them uh-huh. at Tremont, right? As this ex, you know, members of ex members of stained glass romance playing with stained glass romance. Gotcha. And we got up there, and I will say this. We destroyed y'all. We fucking destroyed you guys. We, you you guys had no chance. None. We were like the best elements of the band combined into one. Wow. And I remember I remember Tadio who, you know, you know, Tadio, man, I no intent behind your your ex-wife. I'm just going to throw that out there since <laughs> since I've got the floor right yeah, now. Tadio. There was nothing. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. You know Tadia? No. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I'm just with you. <laughs> yeah, he, he, you know, he was such a good dude, and he was a sweetheart. And you, you know, you can't like people's pictures on social media. Apparently, that just means you've got <laughs> ill intentions. So, uh, so, but Tadio, I had none. Um, but you know, he says we're playing, and we were like midway through our set, whatever. Yeah. And he said, he said, uh. <laughs> Tell them what band you guys used to be in. And I just looked out at the crowd and smiled. And then we started into our next. <laughs> I was like, okay, our next song is new. Oh, awesome. awesome. Yeah, it was funny. Well, yeah. so, so, and then so, I did, I did a band. I did a uh Well, I'm in currently in a band. I can't talk about it. Um, yeah. Those of you who know, know. Um, it's not in LA. It's in uh, Cleveland. So, um, but there will be an official announcement sometime soon. That's the current trajectory as far as uh, music's concerned. Now, now, and it's been now, great, dude. Now I've got to go ask Chris, Chris Aiken, over to CMS Network because he's in Cleveland. If he knows what his band is, Chris probably knows. Chris is the music sure he would. guy. He probably he probably knows. So now, okay, so you military. So you're in the military. Yeah. What prompted you to go in the military? Were you in like an ROTC in high school or something? Or what, what prompted you to go into the Marines? Okay, you're going to laugh when I tell you that. But I'll, I'll kind of tell you my uh, the genesis of my, my military career. Yeah. Um, my dad as a child used to do this organization called Civil Air Patrol. Mm-hmm. And Civil Air Patrol was started in the 40s. It was a civilian auxiliary of the Air Force. Okay. They didn't call it the Air Force at the time, though. It was the Army Air Corps. Yeah. So it was, you know, rebranded the Air Force in 47. Mm -hmm. Um, But the Civil Air Patrol was basically tasked out to, um, they would fly civilian planes over and they would try to find German U-boats and stuff. And, you know, their work led to the damaging of, like i want to say 40 i could be wrong on that and they sank like two of them wow uh so that was their earliest role but um my dad's exposure to it uh was through a cadet program Mm -hmm. and um he would go and fly um like every weekend with this guy that was a pilot with the civil air patrol Mm -hmm. and he was like he was like you know john you should look into that you know and i was like yeah i think i might want to do that and it it's a little bit like like Boy Scouts meets ROTC, you know, okay. Um, okay. just kind of the way it's set up. And they would, uh, I got to do some, some awesome shit. I got to fly a lot in the Cessna 182. Um, I got to fly in a glider. I got to fly in like helicopters, cargo planes and stuff like that. And we used to do, you know, they did the uh, disaster relief down in Florida 
whenever one of the hurricanes was down there. I think it was Andrew. I wasn't involved in that, but that that's another one of their missions is, you know, like putting up sandbags and getting people water and medical supplies and stuff. Um, And so uh, they did that. And um, eventually I went to North Carolina and um, they had Marine Corps ROTC there. Now, you know, I was like kind of on the fence about doing that. I was like, oh, the Marines, aren't they kind of like dipshits, you know, (laughs) aren't they like cannon fodder, you know? And, um, you know, there's a lot of guys that end up joining the military because of a move. You know, like Top Gun was a big one back in the day in the right. 80s because, right. you know, everybody's like, I want to be a naval aviator. I want to be a fighter pilot, you know. Right. Um, you know, the Marines has many such movies like Full Metal Jacket. Oh, um, man. Yeah, one of my scene, favorites. Oh, man, uh, boys, you know, I've never seen Boys of Company C, but yeah, I heard Arlie Ermey's in I'm, it. I'm going to go ahead and tell you now. That was the same a, character, was, right? Yes. My dad was in Vietnam. You know, he's did oh, like three wow. tours. Yeah, my dad's military. And uh let me tell you something. Thanks for his service. Yeah, man. Yes, same for yours also. And let me tell you something, man. That dog on boys and company C, man, is one of the greatest. It's like that the start to me of those military of, of real. I was just like, wow, man. Listen, you'll enjoy it. Your film buff, you will yeah. enjoy the boys and company okay. C. You will definitely answer me, goddammit. I want to be a Marine, sir. What the hell for? I can fight for my country, sir. Fucking third! And now I can't stand to look at you. Sergeant, get this shit out of my fucking face. I'm Sergeant Lois. I'm your drill instructor for the next two fucking months, maggots. Jesus, how in the hell do they expect me to train fucking Marines when they won't even send me human goddamn beings to I'll see if it's streaming anywhere. Yeah. Um, Is that the one with Bill Paxton in it, where Bill Paxton is, like, very young and he's, like, one of the cadets and... Tell me what this movie is, because I, I I have been wanting to watch it. It might be part of it. I don't it's, know. It's like the same thing, man, where they start off, man, and 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 you know, in basic training and everything, and they're training, and right. and my man, the uh uh, the, Harley. Listen, amazing! It is just so, oh. it's so good. It is really that good, man. It is really that the good. The first part of that movie is like a comedy of of Full Metal Jacket, you know? Right, right, it's, right, it's, right. It's, it's a it, I. So many people will laugh their asses off at it because yes. he just gives this hell of a performance, you know. Yes, he does, yes, and uh, um, you know, re- rest in peace, too. He, he was fantastic. He was Never got the chance to meet him, but uh, you know, uh, people have asked me before, like how accurate Full Metal Jacket is as far as Marine Corps is. Right. And, you know, I didn't go through in Vietnam when the movie takes place, mm-hmm. but I um. It, it, it was pretty accurate, I would yeah. say. It was extremely accurate. Um, we didn't have as much interaction with our like senior drill instructor, who was like mm-hmm. the um, the Hartman character. Right. Uh, but that may have just been a unique situation, you know. And you know they they weren't allowed to hit people. Things happen, you know. But um, <laughs> it was much more prevalent. Yeah, yeah. it was much more prevalent in, in the Vietnam era, you know. So I'd say pretty accurate, but. The movie that led me eventually to join the military mm-hmm. was Aliens by James Cameron. Say that one more time. You broke up with it. Aliens. Aliens, really? Which has nothing to do with like the United States <laughs> Marines, you know, but it, they're still badass, you know, right. and I'm like, this is awesome. I want to do this, you know, like, like I know we wouldn't be fighting big space bugs or anything you know but um right. i think it'd still be cool you know and um i watched that movie 
I think I've seen that movie more years than there are centuries. Uh, wow. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense, but I've watched it a shit ton. So a lot, a yeah. lot. So, so what was your MOS? Mm-hmm. Um, I was what they called a uh, 4066, which was a small computer system specialist. Um, they don't have that in MOS anymore. It's it's been uh, reclassified. I think is uh, 0600, mm-hmm. which is like uh, oh, I don't remember what they called it. And I think they may have even like during Obama era, they may have made that a civilian MOS. Okay. Um, when I was lost in Europe as a monk, actually. Um, I went to the embassy and <laughs> I went to the embassy in Brussels thinking there was going to be Marines there, you know, mm-hmm. like except for five here. I'm in my orange pajamas, you know, right. and, uh, you know, they would have been like, what a weirdo, but, uh, Oh, you're a Marine. I'd be like, bro, my passport got stolen on the train. Yes. Um, but there were like, there were private security guards and I was like, where's Marines. And they were like, Oh yeah. Obama got rid of those like years ago. And I was like, Oh, well, um, Thanks for your service. <laughs> Can you help me get my passport type thing? Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, see the train derailed. I was like, where were we? <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm yeah. ask you about your MOS. So, so you. So oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So you actually. Computers. Yeah, it's computers. So you didn't see any combat or anything at your during your time? No, no, nothing uh, like that. And I'm really fortunate for that. Cause, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. So why didn't you make it a career? Uh, I was a bit of a troublemaker, I guess you could say. <laughs> uh, we were not a good fit, per se. But, you know, <laughs> I learned that all the greats in the performance field that were like actors and stuff like that yeah. uh, didn't have a, quite a good go of it either. Like Steve McQueen got demoted <laughs> like six fucking times, you know. Um, so, you know, in that way, I'm I'm cool with it. But, yeah. And, and you know, there, there was a lot of like... Uh, you know, I, I fancy myself a little bit of a, a playboy right now, but, you know, I, I wouldn't say I'd ever, I wouldn't say I'd ever rule out uh, marriage at this point, you know, it just uh, have to be under extremely right conditions, but like, it's not a suitable environment to raise a family in at you. all. So you, just, you, you know, just like, like the, there was, yeah. yeah, and there was infidelity, like known infidelity, unknown infidelity, where yeah. what they, I mean, I don't know if you're, your dad would surely know the term Jody. I, I'm sure he. You does. know what a Jody is? Okay, so a jo- okay. the jo- the Jody is the guy that goes and fucks your wife while, while you're away, <laughs> yes, either knowingly is. or unknowingly. Sometimes they sanction it because they're going to be overseas, <laughs> and they're like, "Look, honey, um, I'm in Okinawa right right now, and um, there's what they call Whisper Alley, uh-huh. where um, they you know all the prostitutes <laughs> and stuff hang out. No lie." Um, so they know, they know that there's going to be some, uh, sanctioned fuckery. Sanctioned fuckery. Right? Yeah. You know, no, so you what do they call it? Polyamory or whatever. Hey, hey, when, you, when you say Jody though, you know, there's a few, I know there's a blues song, uh, with Jody and people talk about Jody doing, you know, they use that's it like Jody. You know, Jody sneaking around. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. I got you. So I definitely know that's, that's hilarious to me. So yeah, yeah. Let's get into you becoming a monk. How did that right. happen? And and just educate us on the origins of 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 being a monk and and why you know it spoke to you. You know, mm-hmm. 
I will say I placed a lot of merit in Christianity to kind of go back to the whole uh, upper room Statesville, like uh-huh. Christian punk rock band stuff. Uh, I, I think it set me on the right trajectory, you know, mm-hmm. but there were still a lot of questions that I had about God and the universe that uh, I didn't feel like Christianity was answering for me, okay. you know, and so I kind of I was searching for a while and, you know, didn't really find uh, any edification in um, much of anything aside from you know, heavy narcotics, you know, mm-hmm. um, but Krishna core, there was a whole movement back in the nineties and they called it, you know, Krishna core. And, you know, a lot of bands spawned from that, like shelter, uh, one away, uh, run devil run, run foos. <laughs> shout out. Uh, and then, um, you know, I, I, I heard some of the bands, um, you know, just from friends playing them, and uh this is a crazy story um you know i was in the airport back when the devotees could sell literature mm-hmm. in the airport uh or sell it distribute it um and yeah i was in the marines at the time actually and i ended up getting a book um called the journey of self-discovery and and the guy that gave me the book uh he he comes in later in the story but you know, I was flying to Japan because I was stationed in Japan for about uh, about a year. And this right. was around whenever 9-11 was happening. Um, and so, uh, you know, I uh, I never read the book because it just seemed too rigid for me. Like mm-hmm. it was just all about rules. And it's, it's really not. Um, Krishna consciousness is more so, you know, like if you're a musician, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you play guitar or you play drums. It's like nobody's asking anyone to subtract anything, you know, like you you don't have to get rid of things. Right. Um, Just add Krishna is basically what they're saying, you know. And so, I mean, I guess I kind of had a lot of reservation with that. I mean, eventually, you know, I, I called up one of my friends because I was, you know, I was doing political activism. I was actually involved with uh, Occupy Wall Street. Um and that wasn't giving me any edification, uh, completely just, you know, kind of godless movement that I was like, <laughs> I wasn't connecting with. Uh, yes. I mean, I hope that's okay to say, but I mean, you know, that's kind of how I felt about yeah, it. Speak your piece, um, yeah, well, I mean, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not wanting to go off and seg off into that direction too much, but you know, um, so eventually you know, I kind of distanced myself from that. Um, and, you know, I called up my uh, God brother, current God brother, who, uh, you know, he played in Death Blow with me, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, he was the singer. And uh, I was like, hey, man, can you take me to the temple? Are you still going? And he was like, yeah, sure. And so I went up to uh, a temple in Sandy Ridge, uh, North Carolina. Mm. It's called Prabhupada Village. and you know, it's, it's beautiful now. Um, and I just kind of like, it just kind of made sense for me, you know, like it clicked is what they say. Um, there's a lot of devotees that would experience this like shift, you know, where have you ever experienced not being able to comprehend or understand something at the time 
And then much later down the road, you're like, oh, you know, like I get it. That's kind of how it was with me. I got you. I got you. And and so I, I, you know, eventually I went and served down in uh, uh, Gainesville, Florida. I served as what they call a brahmachari monk for Mm -hmm. two years, um, which is it's strict. It's extremely strict. Um, I did not keep up with that because I wanted to get married. Right. Uh, um, And that, that you can opt out of it. Uh, that's the great thing. It's not like Catholicism where, you know, you're locked in for, um, you know, years and then you start doing deviant things, you know, anyway. Uh, but there's the option. There's a whole there's a whole progression of uh, what they call Varna Ashram system. Uh-huh. And basically what what it is, is, you know, natural orders within life. Uh, what you start out as in India Okay. From age five to twenty-five is a. Um, I'm gonna adjust this mic a little bit. I feel like I'm not exerting good posture. But you start out as a. Um, this is better. Okay. Technical difficulties. <laughs> right. You start out as what they call a brahmachari. Okay. Right. Brahmachari. That is um, pretty consistent for like Indian males within. Um, uh, between the ages of five to 25. Right. right? And they do what's called throwing on saffron. You wear the saffron robes, you know, it's pretty traditional, you know, with people in the West, they usually don't get involved in it, uh, until much, much later, just because it's not present within our culture, like, you know, for many people to experience, you know, as it is in some place like India, Right. Um, so, so, uh, you know, Westerners usually do it much later. I did it when I was 30, mm. you know, um, then you have the option to, you can either stay brahmachari or you can go, uh, what into what they call the Grihasta ashram, which is, um, excuse me. It's, um, married life. It's householder life. Okay. Um, they, uh, you know, you marry, you have kids. It's, it's a traditional, like, family structure and um you you work you know it's 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 pretty typical and then you go and you do service in the temple or you know old preaching programs or uh what they call prashadam distribution which prashadam is sanctified food offered to krishna um then if you really want to go serious with it some people stay householders. They stay married. They stay having kids and stuff like that. Right. But they have they have the next ashram, which is called the uh, Vanaprasht. And what the Vanaprasht is is like retired life. You're you're making you're making the transition into the realm of full time preaching. Mm. Um, they uh you're distancing yourself from your family and your, your obligations, your material, uh, material ties. And then the final order is, uh, what they call sannyas and sannyas is you have separated yourself from like your family. Um, and it's not, it's not a bad thing. It's not like a, like a divorce. It's more like a spiritual separation. And the idea is to keep your your family um, 
you know, you, you get, you have to make sure your family is taken care of like financially and stuff. Right. It's, it's, it would be irresponsible to just, you know, kind of cast them aside right. and, mm-hmm. you know, not. Yeah. Um, and so they make sure that the, the mom is taken care of the kids and all that stuff. And then they go and they travel and preach and they don't earn any wages. They're at the mercy of the temple. Some of them earn wages. I don't want to talk about that though. Um, but uh, they, um, you know, they travel and preach and yes. like my, my spiritual master um, is all in his Swami from uh, Toronto. Uh, he has been Brahmachari his entire life. And wow. then he took the order of sannyas back in the seventies. And uh, he was, um, I mean, he just stayed committed. I, th- I think he had some girlfriends when he was younger, yeah, but well, yeah, think, just, yeah. you know, and I mean, the man's in his, uh, it's terrible. And I don't know, but um, uh, yeah, lifelong brahmachari life, pretty much lifelong celibate. Um, one of our founders in the order, uh, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati, he's, he was brahmachari and then he took sannyas, you know, he never had sex ever in his entire wow. life. Wow. Uh, yeah. He was dedicated, man. Wow. And I, I, you know, I did it for, I did it for two years, you know, probably one of the, the hardest things I ever did, pun intended, you know, like <laughs> it, it was, um, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it was so, it was so taxing on, on my mind. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, like, you know, I, it, I couldn't do it, man. I, I, I just don't have the mind for it. And, you know, like I was training to do yoga here. I don't have the mind to it it's very like you know like when you're in close quarters with you know some of the female devotees you know things get you know already <laughs> sometimes you know and um so it's really hard to kind of like you know for somebody like me i was like you know i, I can't i can't i'm tapping out you know um yeah well i mean it was a fa- like some of the brahmacharis you're not supposed to gamble uh-huh but you'll bet, you know, like, right. you know, uh, I bet you, I'm bet you I'm going to make it to uh sannyas right, right, when right. I, you know, and then I'm not going to get married. I'm not going to get married. They all say that shit. And then yeah. they get married, you know? Human beings uh, still, yeah. 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 I mean, it, it, it's, um, <laughs> it's a lot of what they call the false ego. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's telling us that we're, we're loftier and, and kind of bigger and more important than we are. And, and so, you know, rather than adopt an attitude of humility, uh, where you know you're you're just serving to serve mm-hmm. God. You know, it, it, it's um, you know, it, it, it it's posturing. It's it, you know, you're peacocking. You're like, ah, I'm right. celibate. I'm a brahmachari. Yeah. That's almost like a signal to some of the ladies too. And and I had a girl scream one time when she saw I was a brahmachari because I guess she was into me or something. And I was yeah. like. Nah, 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 you know, <laughs> and so, but it was a great experience. Yeah. Well, let me ask you the quick question uh, before we move on. So sure. when you get to, you said it's the sin, sin, what was the last one you said it was? Or when you're moving away from your wife and um, your children? Well, there was the Vana Prasha, once you're completely renounced, once you fully taken renunciate vows, it's called sannyas. Okay. Or so sannyasis. You, you said mm-hmm. renounce, renounce renounce your vows so that means that you're you're making sure they're good so that means that your wife can do whatever she wants to and and whatever i was just wondering that's that's the jodyism coming into the uh the monkism you know i'm just 
I don't know how that works, okay. though I wouldn't put it past some folks, you know. Yeah. Um, they, they do some weird shit now. Like, uh, there was like a, uh, like a multiple a guy married multiple wives and shit. That's never that's unprecedented in his con. Yeah, and a lot of people got mad about it. I just think it's kind of like, uh, I don't have one, you know. Yeah. Like, you can come over here, you know. Like, nah. That's a that's shit, another you know? that's so, another that's another religion. That's another M. <laughs> <laughs> the one uh, a little bit west of here, yeah, I know, I know the one, or a little bit east of here, actually. Uh, I forgot what coast I'm on. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, I was yeah. just I was just wondering, man. I was just wondering. So, yeah, so- no, I mean, um, yeah, it's it, it's uh, uh, yeah. I don't really know how that works. To be truthful yeah. with you. I think it's um just curious. Yeah, yeah. Some of the sannyasis are supposed to be celibate, but weren't. Yeah. They they what they call blooped or whatever. Because anyway. <laughs> they're human Bloops. once again. That's it's true. So 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 I can see that those teachings were still important it is to true. you though. And um so how did an East Coast dude get to LA to do the things that you're doing now? Um, well, you know, that actually kind of ties into the whole, um, you know, spiritual journey. Um, I, uh, when I was in India, I got asked to do a play and it was like a spiritual play and I played the villain. I get cast as the heel pretty often, which is fine. I I feel like the the real life heel sometimes, (laughs) Right. They're like, we need we need somebody to be the antagonist in this whole scenario, you know. And I'm like, ah, I'll I'll do it, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, so I was doing this play or whatever, and Leonard Nimoy passed away when I was over there. Mm. And I was actually kind of struggling um with the idea of returning to acting again because I was like, is this is this gonna be you know within the realm of spiritual progression and um you know it just um it wasn't uh i I thought at the time and then you know he he passed away and i thought about when you know i did the movie and i was like that was a great experience yes and i was like maybe we could do that again you know like and so i had the opportunity to do a show called uh, uh the inspectors which was on i want to say abc Anyway, um, I did that show and uh, it, it stars uh, Jessica Lundy, who I had kind of a crush on because we had a VHS tape of Caddyshack, too, and she was in it. <laughs> and uh, she got to talk to me really flirty, still good looking for her age. Wow. And uh, now, now, Jessica Lundy, which, which I one qualified. Was that? I'm sorry. Which one was that? Was that I'm sorry for cutting you off. Was that the um sure was that with the one with Chevy Chase who I mean or was it the other one that was a part of mm-hmm. she was like the caddies it was, was the one with Jackie Mason it was uh it was Jackie Mason no it's not the first one it's they, they made a caddy shack too I don't know if you know this right 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 so she you said yeah. caddy shack so does Jackie Mason too. Yeah, she was the daughter of Jackie Mason. Okay, I got you. I got you. I yeah. Got you. Um, um, yeah, and she was a real, real pleasure to me. Uh Terry Serpico, he was he was on there. And yeah, I got three vouchers. I qualified for SAG. Hmm. And um one of my mom's friends was like, 
I was deliberating on whether I should go forward with it. And uh, I need a drink. Um, <laughs> she uh, she was like, do it. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, my mouth's drying out. Oh, you good. That's what we, 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 we got them. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she said, uh, she said, John, do it. Mm. She said, go. Right. And um, at the time, at the time I was reading uh, Napoleon Hill. Have you ever read Napoleon Hill? Mm-mm. Thinking and Grow Rich? No, I have not. Fantastic read, let me tell you. Um, game changer. Mm. Complete game changer for me. Um, it uh, It's all about kind of the power of positive thinking, you know? Right. And uh, um, basically reinventing your own reality, you know, using positive thinking to manifest things in your life positively. Mm-hmm. Um, HR from the bad brains was super into that. Okay. And so, you know, I kind of use that as my Bible. I still do the exercise from it every day. Right. And, uh, you know, it's all about goal setting and and doing all that stuff. And I started doing the exercises mm, probably in, uh, I don't remember when. Uh, oh, I think like two weeks into me doing the exercises, I landed on the inspectors. And then I did this okay. show, uh, Outcast, um, which is Robert Kirkman. Do you watch Walking Dead? You know what? I'm not a Walking Dead person. I see it all the time. And I have so uh, many of my friends and people, they love Walking Dead. They do. Yeah. yeah. I think it kind of jumped the shark after a few seasons. But uh, those first four seasons, I binge watched the shit out of. You know, I was like, <laughs> that was so good. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, Kirkman, he did another project called um, uh, Outcast. Mm-hmm. And it had uh, Patrick Fugit and um, God, who was the other guy? Shit, I don't remember. And uh, Brent Spiner from Star Trek was in it. He played the devil. Mm. And uh, I had to play this demon-possessed man. Um, and I got to work with um, one of the directors from Twin Peaks. Uh, oh. Trisha Brock was her name. She did uh, a few episodes of Twin Peaks and Knott's Landing. Okay. And uh it was a real it was a real pleasure, man. I played a man who was like tied to a chair and like you know thrashing around <laughs> like some fucking evil dead shit, you know. Yeah. And uh it was it was fun, man. It was a lot of fun. And I got paid pretty well for it. And you know, then I was just like, Yeah, I think I want to take the show out west, you know. Awesome, man. Look, look, man, listen, <laughs> see, just your life is just so many different aspects. Just like I said in the in the intro, you've done so many different things, man. And that, you know, a lot of people are like, man, well, I was just over here. I just had one military career. I mean, you've been a monk, military, musician. I mean, that's a lot, man. That's a whole lot going you know on, man. My, you know who one of my biggest inspirations is, is probably Indiana Jones. Ah. Because, like, you know, he was always going places. And, like, yes. he was he was in the military mm-hmm. twice. Yes. And, you know, like, he knew a bunch of different languages. I try to learn about different cultures you know yeah. that's always been kind of intriguing and fascinating of course to me. of course um and he was a ladies man he was fucking <laughs> smooth and suave you know and like i i loved that about him i was like any guy growing up during that era wanted to be harrison ford because he, he he was 
he was the fucking man. Was he was just able man. to be like, he, he he was able to be like, you know, telling off Carrie Fisher, like, bitch, I don't care if you're a princess, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we as young men were like, yeah, you know, like go into the back of the Millennium Falcon and make us a sandwich. That's right. You know, like, and so, he, you know, he, he, he had this, uh, you know, kind of real cavalier, just um, yeah, don't give a life. fuck attitude, yeah. right? You know, and right. and so I always, I always kind of wanted to emulate that, you know, and and just have adventures, you know. That that was my whole goal in life. I want awesome. if it's crazy, if it's crazy or out there, like you know, something that not many other people can experience. I'm like, let's do it. I'm yeah. all about it, you know. Like I'm gonna go to Antarctica someday. I think that'd be fun, you know. Oh man, this man's in Antarctica. Ooh. So, you know, I love watching TNF that. podcast in Antarctica, live and live with the Lord in Antarctica. Fuck yeah. If I, I don't like freeze watching. my ass off like I'm in the thing or some shit. I love watching like Blue Planet and, and uh, you know, all those kind of things like that uh, with David Attenborough. And man, I never really watched Blue Planet, but really? I hear it's fantastic. Oh, my goodness. They were down there in Antarctica. Oh, my gosh, man. It's like when you think about animals actually living there. Just the, the the craziness of it, of how cold it is there, but how when we speak about religious things, well, let's say spiritual things, and sure. that they're able to live there. And uh, I can think about some of the people are watching these shows. Um, like I always watched, um, what's my man that, that killed himself? Not trying to be morbid or anything. Uh, Bourdain. Anthony, Anthony Bourdain. I, yeah. I've watched every single one. It was one of my favorite shows to watch. I thought he was just punk rock dude originally. Yes, Did you know indeed. that? Yes, indeed. Yeah. I, I just felt he was just super incredible. I loved his show. And uh, I can just remember it was either him or Andrew Zimmern. They were up in Alaska and they drank some of the like the seal oil or the, uh, you know, the blubber that they had melted down from these really? animals. And when they drank it and I don't drink, I'm not a drinker, but they said that when they drank it, it was so warm inside their bodies when they drank that. So it kind of lets you know the power of these animals that are living in these places and swimming in all these cold, they're not oh, yeah. cold at all. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. No. That's crazy. Yeah, no. Um, yeah. You know, I actually had um, I had a cousin that went down there, I think, with the Navy. Mm. Um, they they gave me a, I still have this, and I, I, I had a friend that was a flat earther, holy shit. Um, <laughs> and he was telling me, he was like, he was like, dude, he was like, you can't get to Antarctica. And then I showed him this letter that was postmarked from a naval observatory station in Antarctica. And he was like, well, that could be fake or something. I'm like, dude, my cousin went there. Fuck you. You know, like, um, and then uh, I had a friend, uh, I had a friend, Trivik Ram. Uh, he was in the band 108. He's still in the band 108. Um, uh -huh. He went down there and actually did Hare Krishna Kirtan. He brought really? his little deities down there. Yeah, he sent me the video of it. Um, he uh, brought the deities to, um, they were on a little boat, and he was just out there playing Kirtan next to these, like, huge glaciers in Antarctica and stuff. Wow. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah. that That is, I, I guess, you know, I, I know some flat earthers also, and um, we always just laugh. It, it, just having that conversation. So listen, my guy, Charlie from Aftermath, I'm going to have him on again and we're going to talk about all the conspiracy theories and everything. He was just like, listen, I want to talk yeah. about that. He's like, because there is so much stuff, so much. He said, woo. Okay. 
Are you a conspiracy theory guy? No, I'm not. I just, I just, okay. pay, I just okay. pay attention. I'm not. I'm I not find it fascinating. Guys. I, Okay, I, I find it really fascinating. I think there's some merit to it. And, and you know, even some of the flat earth stuff has really compelling of course. arguments that yes. have since been refuted um, right. multiple times. Yeah. So, but, but you know, I, I, my friend was a flat earther and I'm like, let's have him on the show. I just want to hear what you have to say. Right. You know, I, I try to have people of all walks of, of life course. on the show because That's what we it, want to do. Yeah. it's interesting. I want to learn, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it because he's. He's ready. He's ready for it. And I'm just like, Charlie, I'm ready for okay. it. Too. Okay. So I, I got oh, a yeah. lot of questions. For William me. Cooper, man. William Cooper, uh, Behold the Pale Horse. That's one of my, right. like, that. that's a pretty formative book for I've me. I've never uh, read that book, but I've heard and, so many people speak about how great it is. Yes, indeed. Yeah. It, it, it's early, like, WikiLeaks shit, you know? Like, it's um, all the bad shit about the, the government and their, right. you know, covert operations. He was... CIA and you know he for whatever reason I guess retired from the CIA I don't remember the whole backstory but like he was actively communicating and behold a pale horse like look my life is being threatened wow. and then like later he died under mysterious circumstances you know mm. like there's there's a shadow element of uh you know the government and uh they you know uh as he says in the shining corrected him <laughs> well I, well i will say this to you i can remember um quick story we were in uh, we were uh working out getting ready to go overseas to tour that's when i was with stuck mojo and right. um we had finished working out and then we went to a place to have a little bite to eat and then yeah the guys that are in the open season video the two guys with the guns they're actually you know cops down in atlanta and so they're like on the uh a, a certain kind of secret not Secret Service, but one of those higher. They were legit. Yeah, they were legit. Oh, they, I was. I was wondering. I was like, are they actors? Oh, or no, they they, no, no, those were one hundred percent legit, legit, legit okay. guys. They, they so, had, they had a good. Um, uh, uh, well, I mean, there's three positions. Yes, yes, there's, yes. you know, sling arms. There's a uh, uh, alert, and there's ready. And when they were at, like alert and ready, I was like, okay. Oh yeah, they were both. Yeah, both of them, uh, one hundred percent authentic, genuine guys. So when we were yeah, there, yeah, that's awesome. We, yeah, we were calling uh, one of the guys to come have to, to have a bite to eat with us, and we were at this place, yeah, um, in Canton, in Canton, Georgia. And so all of a sudden, he says, "Hey, I can't. We're um, we're stalking this this guy. There's this guy who had been robbing banks that had been crossing the United States, and he came from like Arkansas, which we'll get to that in a sec. He was from like coming from Arkansas oh, or whatever. And so, what's wild is that." It was right across from where we were, which was the craziest thing in the world. So the hotel, the Ooh. motel where he was, he and his girl, they were right across the street. So the next thing you know, we see all the cops coming. We see them all. And we're like, oh, shit. So we see them come out and walk down. But they didn't know the cops and stuff were there. And so, he, you know, the dude kind of walks down or whatever. And we're kind of on the phone. Or whatever. Like, then we get off the phone. And we just watch it all go down with them rushing in. You know, it wasn't any big thing. I mean, he just went on ahead and gave up. But they were pinging his right. cell phone uh, conversations. And that's how they found him. Oh. So I said oh. all of that. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I said all of that to where my father, as I said, you know, he was like, when he was in the military, he said, yeah, they would come around and check to make sure we weren't saying certain things in our sleep. Because he said, I did a certain kind of thing. Because before he became a, a pastor, a bishop, because he's, that's where he is now. 
He would never talk yeah. about Vietnam or the or his military service. Never. He would never say anything yeah. about it. I'd ask him, and then you know, I can remember just asking him one time, and he just sat there like it seemed like for miles going down the road. And I'm just like, did he? Yeah. Did he not hear me? And then he's just like, I'll never talk about that. And I was just like, wow. So after I called him, when I was telling him about that, you know, the incident that happened, he said, let me go ahead and tell you something about your government. Put nothing past your government. Not one thing past your government. He said, I've done some things in the military. And he said, I'm just letting you, I'm just letting you know. And I just looked at him like, sure. wow, man. Yeah. So it's just kind of crazy. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, like I said, I got in trouble. Um, <laughs> it was at a time whenever, uh, you know, 9-11 was happening. And, you know, mm -hmm. if you did anything that was perceived as threatening within the media. Um, right, 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 right. They it was not a good look for the military yeah. or the United States. Yeah. Uh, so I got in trouble uh, for what they deemed some you know, unpatriotic shit or whatever, which it was really just me and a few other guys. Just we were in uniform, just flipping the bird. Wow. And they found it. And, uh, you know, it was on social media. Wow. And uh, yeah, we got a, um, what they call non-judicial punishment. Mm. Um, but we won. We actually won um, because we were actually well liked by uh, a lot of the people there, which was fortunate. So <laughs> could have went love. Could we have, went love a good, glad oh we, man, I, I remember I walked out of there. I hadn't had a cigarette in forever. And man, I don't even I don't even think I liked Marlboro Reds, but somebody gave me a Marlboro Red and I that that was the best, best damn cigarette I ever smoked in my life. God. And I remember the sergeant that was trying to nail my ass to the wall uh -huh. came walked out onto the, the plank while I'm smoking. Yeah. I'm not supposed to be smoking in my dress alphas either, right. which is like your, you know, um, one of your one of your uniforms. And uh, I'm out there smoking, and he he walks up and he goes, "So, you got out of it?" And I said, "Yep." Yeah. And he had this like almost personal vendetta after me after that because wow. yeah, he you know he uh. uh I mean, he was a good, he was a good guy, you know, um, I, I actually kind of liked him when he wasn't in Marine Corps mode, you know, mm -hmm. he was like a, like an older brother to me. He would, he would get drunk and like shoot a fucking BB gun from the, from the barracks at like, right. you know, some of the Marines that would come and train at our base that weren't part of our base. And <laughs> he was funny as shit. He was, he was a funny guy, but you know, I, I, I think he felt a little bad that, you know, I didn't get any sort of demotion or, or, uh docking of my pay right uh he was demoted for a dui mm -hmm. and so i think maybe he thought i should have got my punishment but i didn't just worry so. about yourself bro worry about yourself exactly. man <laughs> yeah so yeah no, no doubt. Uh, another great segment man thank you so much man it's love sure so, yeah so. yeah i mean i'm thank you so so actor screenplay film buff you sent me the yeah. the trending so so what is it about acting that just has you right now? What 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 is this just so, you know, has you just loving it so much? Be truthful. I I I have always felt more of a connection with directors than actors per okay. se. Um uh, I, I you know, it's the cliche thing in Hollywood to be like, you know, I'm an actor, but I'm actually thinking about directing, you know, and it's right. like 
But I've always had that interest. And like, you know, even when I was acting, I I was more interested in the the lives and the, you know, the techniques of the filmmakers. Like, you know, Stanley Kubrick and, uh, you know, Kurosawa and, uh, you know, uh, Bergman, all all those, you know, all the the greats and stuff. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I always, I've always wanted to emulate that. And, you know, I'm I'm fortunate that Violent Life is letting me do a video um, with them because, you know, I was talking to Justin about it. I was like, what if we did some like weird, like art house obscure shit, you know? And he yeah. was like, yeah, yeah, man. You know, and, like he, he's into that shit. So, you know, he and I always have like <laughs> great. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, their their movies of French people smoking cigarettes a lot of the time, you know, so, <laughs> you know, uh, but I love them because they're stylish and, you know, they're generally well-written. I'm just talking right. trash, but, yeah. um, uh, so yeah, I mean, and, and film's always kind of been omnipresent in my life. Like my, um, you know, my dad was always showing me cool shit growing up. My mom actually made a indie, like short film whenever she was in high school and stuff, and that was really cool. And you know, she she turned me on to like early foreign cinema, right? Uh, Red Balloon, mm-hmm. uh, the French short film. Um, you know, and I I got a lot of cultural experience through her, and and you know, I just love films, man. I, I acting uh directing i've gotten a little bit in on the production side of things before i i, I filled the producer role a few times um you know I, yeah, cinematography i i uh, sound you know I, uh, I i look at i try to look at all the elements you know because yeah. it's it's a it's an ensemble yeah you know you've got all these like definitely. great people that are definitely you know fantastic in their trade and and you know yeah, you can do it with a skeleton crew, but you know, if if you've got really talented, great players, you can do great things. You know, um, so I, I I think that was the biggest. Um, I I think that's the biggest strength to a film is when you have all these great collaborators. What comes out of that? Right, and you're you're deeply immersed in it, man. It's, it's, it's a, that's I I love it, man. I I've almost piss people off sometimes for how how long i can talk about film you know like it's oh, it's almost exhausting <laughs> no man it's just like you got me wanting to come out to la man you know I, i'm just like Dude. goodness man it's- uh, you're always invited man yeah, yeah. yeah i mean like i love la I I, I I i i think it really kind of inspires some people to try harder and it's mm. it's definitely made me step up my game significantly you know yeah, yeah. so just like I said, man, like with Fran Strine, man, you, you probably I mean, he's there also. I mean, is he in San Diego? But he's 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 close. But Fran is is okay. in there, you know, doing all that stuff too. As I told you, you know, the doctor. No, who's Fran? Hired, hired Gun. Remember, we spoke about Hired Gun. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I still he, need to watch that. Yeah, yeah. So he's there also, man. But listen. Okay. All right, all right listen. Okay, so the band Death Blow. And that was your former band. I, yes, I think it's super. It's, you sent it to me. I listened. A super dope listen, man. I enjoy it. And I always enjoy the breakdowns when that. Thanks, dude. Dun, 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 oh, man, it just grabs me, man. It's just like I man. love that tension and release of things, man. And and so the yeah. Hugh Hefner of hardcore. So are, are you <laughs> are you like the, the vocalist <laughs> in this band? Is that you? No, and and that really has nothing to do with the band. Um, <laughs> and uh, no, they and they always kind of <laughs> razz me about it. I'm like, 
you, you guys say this like it's a bad thing, you know? Right. Okay. So now I get you. <laughs> what are you talking I, I, about? I you yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm not, but I was like that in some of my other bands. Definitely. Um, so, and you know, a lot of the North Carolina scenesters are kind of like looking at me with scorn and contempt, like, that, oh, that's you know, like <laughs> Rasa Franca, like whenever they talk on Looney Tunes and shit, <laughs> they're, they're, they're pissed about it. So, you know, yeah. Hey, man, live your Whatever. life, man. I'm just saying, man, I, listen, I'm not worried about what everybody else is doing, man. I got to take care exactly. of me, you know, and that's. Yeah. The and I mean, thing. yeah, I, 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 you know, collaborated with a few adult stars, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, um, so, you know, I said a thing about you being a poor star, but that's love. So, so I'm not really. A, let me <laughs> let, let me let me clear the air here. Clarification. Clarification. I'm not a porn star. Not a porn star. I always thought about that trajectory. Though, guess what? Well, yo, yo, yo. This segues into a great question. <laughs> or, great question. Great, uh, great story. Right. My dad used to do construction in South Florida. Uh-huh. John Holmes mm-hmm. ended up working for him. He told me this story recently. Yeah, John, John Holmes, or as they called him, Johnny Wad, yeah. used to work for my dad. Yeah, didn't, as a didn't need a hammer. Didn't need a hammer. <laughs> I'm crazy, man. Forgive me. the tree. Bravo. Very good. Shit. No. You literally killed me with that one. Um. No. Um. That's that's funny that you should mention that because you know one of his uh work buddies was like like hey man why don't you take it out and show us like that and like he's like come on come on you know not not as like a fucking you know no, like trying to movie. fucking yeah for the movie well they just wanted to, they wanted confirmation like they're yeah. like are you really you know like yeah. you know but I, I I guess he never did and he didn't last very long either I was like did, how was he and he's like whatever you know and I'm like oh okay. Because I guess he was going through a real bad period after that. Yeah. Uh, was that before or after the Wonderland stuff? That's what I'm, well, I don't, I don't know. I'm just thinking about the movie. Early know? 80s. Early 80s. I, w- okay. I would have been a kid. Yeah. Gotcha. So, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that, that that's another thing that's always kind of been omnipresent in my life, too. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, I, I, I don't know if my parents know this, but like, you know, back in the day when there was like 900 numbers and stuff, like uh-huh. I'd see that shit on TV and like, whoa, <laughs> you know, like, what is this? You know, and I'd be sitting there calling the 900 numbers and, you know, like, <laughs> fuck, man, I you know, Listen, scrambled Cinemax and shit. They knew, man. Oh, so now come on, man. You had a box, didn't you? A D scrambler. Come on, man. Oh, I didn't know. I used what? to go over to my friend's houses. What? Yeah, no, I used to go over to my friend's houses when we were a kid. And if you <laughs> if you watched it a certain time at night, there would be very little interference from the static. Yeah. So you could see almost everything. You could see <laughs> you could see almost everything with like pretty clear quality or whatever. Of course, you know? like, man. Here's these young kids just kind of like immersed in this, and you know, <laughs> yes. I, I you know. It, it wasn't listen, it, it is wasn't, what it is. It wasn't just you grown men did that too. Let me say this. So well, yeah. It, it used to be it used to be wild on with um and what's her name? Oh my goodness, before you change listen. Oh my gosh. Anyway, let me not get in trouble. So wild on used wild to come, on. Wild okay. on used to come on. I'm trying to think of her name. But anyway, wild on came on, and then it would either be it would be the might have been before my, 
then it would be Playboy and then Spice. And let me tell you something. Sometimes they would forget to click it over to to scramble it. I remember Spice. Yeah. And then before they would scramble it, man, you just like, yo, this is crazy. And then when you got to the scrambler, yeah, it was awesome. I love my dirty girls, man. I I, I love them, you know, and and to me, for somebody who was a nerd and just awkward in high school and just fucking, well, I don't want to say it's complete. I had a lot of kind of friends, but I mean, you know, I was a fucking nerd and geek and Right. You know, I remember this kid used to shove me when I was like in elementary school and uh-huh. I never I never fought him back. Yeah. Cuz I didn't know why he was shoving me. Right. And I, you know, I I, really? I didn't have balls then, so I I I just let him shove me and I just yeah. laughed every time he shoved me, you know. Oh, that, that made it worse he, for you. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I I just started laughing and I was like he did it about 30 fucking times, yeah. I think. I was fucking the last one I was like okay, man, quit, you know, like, right, fucking, right. we're done, you know, um, but, you know, he, it, it, it's like vindication for the wimpy kid, you know, yeah. Um, he views my Facebook story, and he sees all this, you know, and so I'm like, he respects yeah, you, man, you know, no, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my, you know, I have some friends that are like, you know, they're cool about it and stuff, and I, I use it as a marketing tool, too, of course, you know? like, Did my dad was like, yeah, Good. I'm sorry. My dad was like, "You spent a bunch of money on whores, didn't you?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he goes, "Yeah, I knew." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, okay." You know, like, but it's one of those things where I'm like, you know, well, these girls are beautiful and stuff, and like, uh-huh. I love beautiful women. How do we, you know, dovetail this into like a, a working relationship? This guy, right? I yeah. mean, working like you, you know, you know what I mean. In addition to that kind of work, right? You know, like advertising and stuff like that. Yeah, like, business, you know, I had a business. Yeah, I mean, I I had a girl recently that you know she shot a. Um, well, I mean, I was like, hey, uh, I know you're about to leave. Can I take some pictures of you? You know, um, yeah. and she said, yeah. And so I gave her a shirt, and you know, um, she's in Playboy now, which wow. is insane. Wow. You know, yeah, and and kudos to her. Um, but uh, you know, um, you know, I, I was considering an OnlyFans trajectory at one point, but yeah. um, you know, it, it, <laughs> I think we still live in this day and age uh-huh. when there's still a stigma to it. There's still a stigma to it because you look at all these girls that are doing OnlyFans now and. You know, it, it, it it's more, I guess, socially acceptable now. But like, a thought's gonna be a thought, man. Like, of course, hey, you kind of bear that. You kind of bear that that scarlet letter for the rest of your life. You know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I dated a girl that was a dominatrix actually, and you know, she did some porn and stuff too. But um, you know, she couldn't get work. Mm. You know, she she had no work. She had no work history, right? On paper, you know, yeah. so. It was like, what's she going to do, you know? Um, and so, and, and that's one, one thing, I guess, if you wanted to kind of talk about, like, you know, uh, some sort of social issue, uh, I, I'm pro-sex work. I'm pro-sex, you know, positivity and stuff like that. I I, I think that if we restrict things like that, um, you know, that's where bad shit arises, you know? Okay. Um, and, and, and. Well, you know, I I worked as a bouncer at some of the clubs here in Hollywood, some, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, regular clubs 
and strip clubs and stuff, you know, and the sex trafficking is huge. It's mm. huge, you know? Um, and so I don't think people realize how big of a problem it is. We, you know, we used to have guys that would come up there and be like, Hey man, what's going on? I got some girls for you. And we're like, no, you don't. Mm. And you better just leave, you know? Right. Um, but, and then there were girls that got in that, you know, did have handlers, pimps, you know? Wow. Um, so to, to, to me, I, I would, I would rather it be legal and sanctioned. Okay. Gotcha. You know, gotcha. take the criminal element out of it, you know, yeah. um, yeah. make money at it, capitalize at it, you know, like weed, man. My thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. No. Cause I was, I was going to ask you. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, yeah. 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 So, so it goes right into, I was like, is the porn industry still a thriving industry in California? And who was your favorite star to film with? That was a joke. But who was your? But is it still thriving? Is it still thriving? Uh, well, in the regards that it, it, it's kind of gone, uh, it's kind of gone underground. You know, like OnlyFans okay. has made it so that. Do, do you remember the Ice Bay? Do you remember her? Say her name one more time. She was the Ice Agent, Ice Bay. I don't remember ice. She was an ice agent that was like this really hot Latina woman. And like, I, I want to say either she lost her job as a result of, you know, a lot of people were mad that she was, you know, on the border and stuff like that. And uh -huh. she was, you know, Latin American or whatever. And I think she quit her job and did OnlyFans and like clears like. I think I know who you're talking about. Hundreds of thousands so. yeah, of dollars. Yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I can't think of her name, but yeah. So, I mean, in that way. And, and, and it's also kind of like, you know, I think it's kind of empowering to women in the regard that, you know, they take control of their own Alive, yeah. the career, yeah. you know, and, and they, they uh, you know, they make probably more money at it. You know, they're not paying a cut to a production company or anything like that. Right. right, uh, right, and, right. And yeah. As far as mainstream shit, as far as mainstream shit, it's fucking dead. You know, mm. it, it's not. Well, I don't want to say it's dead, but I mean, like all those free sites and stuff just crushed it, you know, yeah. I mean, and, and, and the rise of OnlyFans, too, during the pandemic, yeah. because a lot of girls couldn't go out and make money. Yeah. Can you blame them? You know, yeah, yeah, can yeah. you blame them for doing that? Yeah. And it was a good way to sustain themselves through the pandemic, you know, say what you will about, you know, uh, the, the editor, but it, it, uh, it sustained them, you know, yeah, um, uh favorite to work with <laughs> um who's your favorite let me say this. <laughs> favorite there's only i mean there's only been like a, a handful and i mean I, you know i dated some girls a that weren't handful. performing at the time uh <laughs> who said that oh shit um yeah i mean uh oh god <laughs> I would say her name, but I don't want to give her too much credit because she kind of burned me a little bit. But uh, no, I won't, say, I, I won't say her name. But uh, I was, a, I, I'm, you know, I'm still a fan. But it's yeah. just like you know, things are a little different now. Connie uh, Perignon. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. That's the one that's like working with Playboy now. Yeah, Connie, what's up? Connie, say her name again. Connie Perignon. Connie Perignon. I like she's blowing it. up, man. She's <laughs> oh, she's 
I mean, I, back to the Whisper Alley thing, I hadn't like had any sort of interest in any Asian girls until I saw her again. I was like, holy shit, you know, and I was like, God, oh, man, I gotta talk, hit her up. You talking about like Lily, Lily Ty. See, these are probably older because you're younger, Lily Ty. Oh, no, I know who she is. Bro, I got fucking almost 40 years in the game. Uh, no, Ryan, she she's Ryan, done. Ryan. She, she, uh, Asa Akira does a podcast actually, and uh, she's been on her podcast. I, really? I can shoot you there. In fact, you know, yeah, I mean, I know she does the podcast circuit. I, I don't, she's she hasn't done mine yet, but you know, maybe, but uh, yeah, oh, they gotta go ahead and get on the TM fuckery and live and live with the Lord, man. We gotta listen. We keeping it real, man. It's all about growing and well, having great content. We are guests, man. That's what it's about, man. That's the thing. This is hey, great. I'm I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I'm with having whoever wants to come on and has good content and we can laugh and just like I said, man, I just want to have good conversation. And just like this right now, man, I've enjoyed this so much, man. It's yeah. just it's just amazing to me, man. Just to laugh and, and yeah, dude. Free, likewise, man. likewise. No, I, I, I love this. This is almost like a Justin conversation, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is like a Justin. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Oh my god. Yeah, goodness. yeah. No, it's great. Um, no, she's fantastic. Um, you know, one thing that really gets me about her, and and this is a huge, huge, probably turn on for me, is the whole Valley Girl accent, the whole <laughs> California Girl accent, the like. Yeah, yeah. What's like, up? Yeah. You know, like they sound like they're on three quaaludes or something. You know, yeah. Oh, I love that shit. And she's got that so much. You know, where it's just like, God. Oh. Hey man, make me think about anyway. Clueless. I love Clueless. We're gonna have to take a cold. I'm gonna have to take a cold shower. <laughs> hey. Clueless. No, I'm just saying when you say when you talk about Valley Girl and all the stuff like that, I'm just thinking about Clueless. And the, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Kardashians. Yeah. Talk, you know, I've actually you know, never like, seen it. What? Oh, Man. dude, Kim K. Yeah, I, I've never seen Clueless. But but see, and I I remember somebody asked me that one time. I was like, look at me, like, come on. <laughs> but excuse me, I hear it as actually pretty good. It Clueless has uh, is a very. It's good... based on Shakespeare, isn't it? Taming of the Shrew. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's a uh, ten things. I... <laughs> that's ten things I hate about you. Is the Taming of the Shrew one? No, Clueless is based on. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. I'm not sure what it's but based anyway. on, but I know that Alicia Silverstone and Stacey Dash in there, man, it was just it was just so good, man. I, oh man, oh man. God. I'm I'm tripping, man. She uh she goes I see her sometimes out and about, Alicia. Yeah. yeah. Look 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 at the life this I mean I, I say that like I know, I say that like I know her, but like no. Uh you know, she's she's big vegan. Uh she's really? always been. Yeah. Um and uh yeah, I, I, I see her out and about, like, you know. That that happens sometimes, you know. Um, well, well, she did this really great movie. Called, oh no, no, I was gonna say she did this really great movie called The Lodge with uh, Riley Keough, mm-hmm. uh, who is Elvis's grand or Priscilla Presley's granddaughter. I can't. Okay, she's related to one of the two, if not gotcha. both the two. Um, okay, uh, really good slow burn horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Alicia Silverstone's in it. Yeah, very good. <laughs> clueless man yeah I, lo- I love the valley accent because they just they just sound like they're down all the time like they're just like yeah what's up like anything goes you know clueless is definitely really it's definitely a good movie it really is <laughs> it really is. so wait now listen you made me, i was gonna ask you something today you made me forget when, you, when we went into that but it's all love though Stacey dash. Say trait, yeah. Stacey dash dude uh, oh uh, she's beautiful hey and that kanye <laughs> west video uh all falls down Ooh-wee, boy. which one 
uh, Kanye West uh, video has a video called uh, "All Falls Down," and he's uh, she's in it. And uh, she in it? Oh man. She's anyway. I need to check this yeah, out. Anyway. I, I it, you know I heard you talking about hip hop too with um you know what what I want to ask you this question. Uh-huh. New hip hop. What do you think about it? As I tell people, I love all music, but to be honest with you, I haven't listened to a whole lot of that because I'm doing my thing. I'm working on my, you know, Plastic Catastrophe with Lord Nelson stuff. So, you know, other than when my kids will come or or some of my friends are like, hey, did you hear this? Or did you hear this? Most of the time it's no. Am am I going to disrespect them? No. Um, But I just don't listen to it. And I'm sure that a lot of it's good because when you go out there and look on YouTube, these guys without labels and with whatever, you know, they are 50 million, 100 million views, whatever like that. So you know that it's it's working for them however it's working. So music is music, man. It's, sure. just their, it's their time, and I, I just let it be what it is, you know. Uh, am I going to down right. it? I you were talking about Gucci Mane, though. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. What I was talking about, listen. So even my son, when I was taking him up to uh, school, uh, he, he played a uh, ball in college, but I was taking him up to um, school in North Carolina for a workout. And so He's like, hey, dad. And I was just like, this is my time to listen to music. I was like, play whatever you want, man. I was like, we're in your car, too. I was like, play whatever you want. So he played Gucci, man, and he played Waka. And that's when I really, you know, of course, I heard of Gucci. But now I'm just like, man, and I'm listening to the music. And I'm just like, okay. And so he was trying to, like, go from this song to this. I was like, no, no, no. Just let it play. Just let all of it play. Yeah, I want to hear from the beginning of the album to the end of the album. So, man, I just love music, man. And if it's hot, it's hot. That's how yeah. I am, you know. That's- yeah, no, I I mean, I love I love Gucci's beats. Um, oh, man. Young Dolph, Young Dolph. He's and he he's not with us anymore. He right. uh, he was shot. Um, yes. And that whole album is about a concept album about him getting shot or his car getting shot by right. Yo Gotti's crew. Yo Gotti's crew, I, right, right, fucking right, right. Awesome. That album fucking slaps but in, you know in, what? in but, any but let me say this though and and, and I, people will probably hate me for this because there's a listen i'm not i don't disrespect any any artists there's a few of them that i i was never like the biggest young doll fan i just thought he just talked his way through it now did he have the dope beats and uh-huh. hitting? of course but it was just like me yeah. being in, in a, a writer a lot of times you know when i hear just sometimes I'm just like, oh man, but I know that my kids and a lot of people, a lot of people love Dolph. I didn't hate him. I just was just like, yeah. so I always thought that um uh oh, man, he's with Yo Gotti, man. Uh what's his name? Um oh my goodness. Not UGK, is it? No, 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 he's UGK. uh no, they're from Texas. No, uh, why did I think man, yeah, they're from Atlanta. Yeah, no, UGK is from Texas. Um what, oh that's right, that's right. Yeah, South. What is the guy's name? I see him. What's I can't, it start with? God, dog it, man. I just see him, and he dates one of the uh, chicks that um she's like a big social media model chick, too. And uh, God, dog, what's his name? Well, anyway, I, just, I think that he and Dolph are alike, but he raps better than Dolph. And he just... How he raps better than Dolph? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, what would you say? Yo, uh, you think Gotti raps better than Dolph, or Dolph raps better than no, Gotti? I think Gotti raps way better than Dolph. Um, um money back, I yo. strongly disagree with no, you, sir. sir man, you're a wild <laughs> dude. Money back, yo, is who I'm talking about. 
Dolph. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Moneybag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, I'm gonna go ahead. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. People get bad with me if they Okay, okay, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, and you're younger than me. So Let's go. that that might be your okay. your your vibe. I don't think Dolph was a good rapper. I just think he just talked. Okay. He just talked. You know, I mean, when I say a good rapper, I mean a good rapper, man. Some of the stuff they say, I was just like, oh, man, that's, why would he say that? And that's a, that's that's the reason I asked you is because, yeah. you know, I feel, you know, co- coming up in this era, you know, working at the strip clubs, you know, Yo Gotti yes. was one of those ones there. It's like strip club anthem, you know, and so 100%. I heard them all, you know, and, yeah. and some of them I weren't impressed by, like Migos, I didn't like really any of their shit until I heard their their solo stuff, uh-huh. uh Quavo. Really? That shit is awesome. Yeah. Man, but Migos. and then I heard some Migos shit later that I actually liked. Migos has some stuff, yeah. man. No doubt. But you yeah. said it Migos though, is because my brother is a DJ and and I think I mentioned to you when you, yeah. you uh we had our conversation before and he has his own internet radio station. But my brother played in the clubs and he played in the strip mm. clubs. And let me tell you something. Yeah. Man he would always tell me, he's like, yo, you got to listen to this. Or he'd keep me up on certain stuff. He was like, oh, yeah. no, this is what's hot in the club. And even my son and, you know, the friends or whatever, like, you know, he was like, no, dad, you know, up in the strip club, this is this is what's popping. So I understand yeah. that because that music is I always say that the music uh, gets you and the and the lyrics keep you. And I once again, I'm not hating on. Uh, young Dolph, there's a few other people I could say that people would be like, man, yeah, that's blasphemous or whatever like that. So I just don't even say anything about it, but sure, sure. They, they might just bore me, you know? I mean, what do you think about Kendrick? Oh, I like Kendrick. I like Kendrick. I, I yeah. He's, he's, the, the, the reason I like Young Dolph so much is because he's such a stark contrast to like, you know, uh, Tide Pods, AirPods, you know, <laughs> fucking Peapods, you know, like the, the guys that just do those. And they, they, they okay, they do the triplet. You know, they love that shit. And I'm like, that's a metal thing, you know, right? but I couldn't get into it. But like Kendrick, man, and like Kendrick tells stories, you know, and like money trees, like, man, I have driven up the California coast, smoking weed, listening to money trees. And that, that man, that little moments Little moments like that. Yeah. That's what you appreciate in life, you know? You yeah. can think about those times when you're just driving up, you know, the Pacific Coast Highway and, you know, the sun's shining and, you know, wow. you're just listening to your favorite tunes, yeah. you know? It's it's like ethereal, you know? Uh, and listen, I feel you. I still do it now where I just get in my vehicle and I'm by myself and I just listen to music and it's just, just loud with me. And and music is a time machine. Yeah. Music is is something beyond really explanation because it just does so much to me, and um, I just yeah. enjoy it like that. So and once again, as Young Dolph has have he's had some really really good songs. Sure, you know, but there was probably yeah, yeah, somebody yeah. else on it that rapped better than him. <laughs> Perhaps. No, 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 no. I know. I didn't like serious, Future bro. for a long time either, and I, I really got into Future. Oh my like, goodness! I, I whoever does his beats, they, they're like spacey and like dreamy sometimes. You know, I'm like, I like this. You know, so that's many, like take your girlfriend out. Yeah. There's <laughs> so many guys. There's a few guys that are actually from South Carolina that are down in um that make some of those beats that those guys have been using. Because there's a 
they just got a sound, you know, that Atlanta sound. And then Mustard, of course, out in California, you know, he had yeah. it for a while. I mean, I, I love yeah. to hear that bass. I love to hear that bottom. There's no doubt. I, I, I love all that, man. But I just love all kinds of music. And just like I'm saying, man, once again, you know, with Death Blow, when, when I listened to it, I was just like, man, this is incredible. This is really, really, really good. You, you know what we were listening to a lot of at the time? What's that? Crime Mob from really? Atlanta. Yes. <laughs> that first Crime Mob album. Yeah. Dude, we used to roll up to the shows and it it starts with that little church bell, you know, in the background. It's like, down, down, down. and then like the keyboard comes in like, doo, 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 yeah. Yeah. you know, and then like, we would always roll up to the venues and be like, fuck that shit that you talking, you know, that was the fucking shit, dude. That album was so fucking good. And it, it like killed speaker systems, killed Man, them. That so Nuck If You Buck, if you still play that Nuck right if now, you buck, yeah, dude. Where you are, if you play that. It's gonna get crazy, man. Yo, man, man World Star uses that shit all the time. Sir, like, yes, sir, man. Be like, no, if you buck crap, World Star. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, listen, listen, man, listen, ladies and gentlemen, we can't help it. We love music like that. That's what it is. So, I mean, we're, yeah, we're, we're we're getting close to this, man, and I and I really I really thank you. Sure, man. this has been just an I thank you, sir, time, man. So the TNF yeah, yeah. podcast. How did this That's amazing right. podcast come to be? Um, so I was, uh, you know, during the like pandemic and stuff, I was kind of doing a lot of soul searching and asking a lot of questions, you know, and my buddy, Paul Burley from stained glass Romans, actually, he said, um, you should do a channel. Right. And I said, okay, you know, and, and it started small, man. And, and that's, that's the craziest thing to see, you know, what it's become at this point, because, you know, I'm, I'm proud of myself. You know, I, I I haven't done many things consistently, you know, and, and that's, you know, a lot of people criticize me. They say, you don't, you don't stay with one thing for very long. And it's like, well, I always had a purpose for that. You know, like I just wanted to experience, you know, like I was saying the whole Indiana Jones thing, I just wanted to go and do one thing for a little, a little period of time and then move on to something else because I wanted, you know, to experience life and, and culture and what have you. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I'd always like Johnny Carson, you know, Johnny Carson was like a personal hero of mine growing up, you know, um, uh, from a performance background and he, you know, he was funny and he was just, you know, and I took a lot of inspiration from like early comedians like Carlin and Eddie Murphy and Chris Rock. And I was like, I just want to do a show. And I, I just want to rattle, rattle my garbage off to the world, you know? And, wow. um, you know, it originally started as kind of like a, a news reaction podcast or whatever. And, you know, I, I, I'd say that I, I have a right kind of libertarian stance, but, you know, I, I wanted to make it, apolitical it was always meant to be that since the beginning mm -hmm. um but sometimes i would just bring you know stuff up because it was in the collective ethos or whatever right and uh i you know started having musicians on there friends mm -hmm. um you know uh israel from bad brains came on uh john joseph from crow mags he really put my channel on the map man because awesome. uh Blabbermouth picked that up and, and, you know, I had a huge subscriber increase after that. So special right. thanks to John Joseph for that. And, 
you know, I, I just wanted to have possession of my own kind of creative outlets or whatever. I mean, in Hollywood, it's it's hard to get work unless you're connected, you know. Right. Um, and I just recently joined the union. So I, I'm it's kind of been on the back burner, truthfully. But uh, the, the podcast is is, you know, works in tandem with Hell's Heart Merch Co. Uh, it's very uh, irreverent. It's stupid. It's uh, don't watch it. Uh, no, it's just it, it's me being ridiculous. And, uh, you know, I, I like to have people on there and uh, just really learn. Yeah, like their lives. Like that, that's the most fascinating shit to me is when, when yes. you get these really just rich stories. Um you know, from people, uh, my dad's got so many good stories, you know, I, I want to have my dad on the show, uh, who's been very, very, very supportive of me, both my parents. Um, I can tell we didn't but, get to talk about it, but I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, uh, I wanted to come back to LA cause I went back to North Carolina for a little while. Um, because of, you know, the, the accessibility to, you know, uh, people that can come on the show. Right. And, you know, I, I, I've been wanting to do the podcast circuit myself. I know there's a lot of creators out here in LA. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and that helps everyone grow. I think, you know, collaboration, like, yeah. you know, let, let's, let's all come together and pool our resources. You know, like yeah. I, 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 I follow a lot of them out there that, that, you know, uh, I would love to be a guest on. Um, and so, you know, it, it's just, and, you know, to, it's kind of, have a time capsule in that like you know i can kind of see where i was at at that right. time in my life wow. you know and it uh it's i don't want to say it's very personal to me because like i said i'm i'm kind of a fuck off on the channel if you <laughs> if you watch any of the videos like i i try not to take too much seriously like i you know the, the dominatrix ex-girlfriend she was like i can't take you seriously i was like why would you <laughs> like i don't even take my fucking self seriously um that's kind of the vibe, you know, yeah. and, and, and niche kind of edgy music, hardcore, whatever theme, right, right. nerd shit. You know, right. if you, if you like any of that and you, you know, you want to just come on and chop it up or you, you know, your, your man, your episode was great, man. I, I, I was so, I, I was so impressed by like how, how fluid, like the conversation was and stuff, you know, because it, it, that's what I love. I, I, I love just in, in trying to enrich my my life with, you know, friends and, and uh, other yes. people's experiences. Yes. And I, listen, I, I feel that's what has happened here, man. And I I know I don't yeah. think I don't think I know you have a great podcast, man. And, and uh, I just think that who you are, you're you're being your authentic self, you know, and you're doing what you're doing. And it and it uh, it resonates, man. So. It's a cool thing, Thanks, man. man, and uh, I, I know yeah. you, you, you'll continue to be successful. You know, there's no doubt about it. And so yeah. Now, Thanks, man. I, I I appreciate you. Yeah. So now I just got to figure out how to get you know. So oh, hold on. I know what I want to ask you because you talk about the the, sure. the the Hell's Heart merch, your merch. So yeah, the young ladies that you had in there that were in the t-shirts in the the promo vid, which I you know yeah. So so those were some of the the young ladies that um. Or were they just mine? Uh, I plead the fifth on that one. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, uh, 
Sure. Yeah, they were. Though. I mean, it might as well, you know, I mean, some of them. And yeah, and see, I, I want to specify that it was not all right, but I can't really get into the specifics for reasons. Oh, I'm just. I'm yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I'm just so, trying to look at, you know, you know, you said the dominatrix yeah. from CNN. You know, I don't know how good your, you know, your relationship is with her. I'm trying to see if I can get her on here to see if she would just come on there and just beat some people or something. I don't know. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> her name, her name is, uh, you know, her, if you, if you want to get her, her name is Soma Snake Oil. Um, so she runs an organization out here. Um, really? that's her name. Yeah. She runs an organization out here called, uh, the sidewalk project. Hmm. And, uh, they, they do like resources for homelessness and, gotcha. you know, uh, well, I, I, I know they don't call them homeless. They call them unhoused or whatever, mm-hmm, but you know, mm-hmm. people that are struggling right. on the streets and, uh, yeah, she's she's just really uh she's a really sincere and like genuine person, you know. I, I think she'd be a great guest, actually. She, I'm sure she's got some stories. That's that's know? what's cool though, also that I, I respect because you can come from different walks of life, but nobody knows your story. This is everybody has a story, and everybody's story is not Absolutely. just one of evilness or craziness. You know, there's other sides to things that go on. So those are the things that you know, when just like sure. I said, you have so many facets of you. You know what I'm saying? There's so many things that that you do. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's 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 amazing to me. It really is. Well, thanks, man. I I, I just you know I want to just keep the adventure going. You know, and just fuck, I'll go skydive. Hey, I didn't want to skydive years ago because I yeah. you know I'm like, you are falling towards the ground. There is a fifty percent chance. Well, not fifty percent, but there's a high likelihood you could die. You know, like if that if that well, no, it is fifty percent, wouldn't it be? Because yeah, the court succeeds yeah, or fails. I, I, listen, hey, I, I, I don't know. All I know is that my boy that uh shot my Until I Die video with Lord Nelson featuring lies, Vincent Giorgetti, I call him Van Gogh. He yeah. goes paragliding and and he jumps out of planes and listen, and on his page, he's just paragliding all the all the time. He moves so he can do that. Wow. And I and I just look at it and he I've told him it's amazing. He didn't even know how amazing I say that is to me. Cause I'm just like, wow, because he's just up there free as a bird. It's like a bird. Oh, you didn't do it. No, no, no. <laughs> he's in, he's in, he's in France. Uh. And he's just like, <laughs> he moved to a place to where he could just do oh, it. Okay. He was just telling me how he got into it. And um it's just amazing because he's just up there yeah. looking at all this beautiful countryside and enjoying himself. Man. Oh, I'm sure. And actually, his ex, his ex yeah. friend, ultralights. Well, no, it's not an ultralight. It's it's just that thin piece. And he, but I mean, ultralight would be cool. Yeah, ultralight. I don't know about that. I listen. I don't know if I'm gonna try those things. I'm not that adventurous yet. But his uh, his girl, his ex girlfriend, actually lives out in L.A. Also, Lily. And um, man, just 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 okay, amazing. Well, anyway, man. Last question I yeah. have for you is what was the last song sure. you listened to? The last song I listened to, mm-hmm. uh, Punishment by Biohazard. Punishment by Biohazard. Listen, that's good he went right into it because I always ask people, like, what's wrong? Yeah, Punishment by Biohazard. Yes, indeed. I mean, I was thinking, I was like, because I was kind of cleaning up a little bit. And I was like, what do I listen to? And, and my playlist isn't very... Uh, organized i guess you could say in that like i don't really have a lot on there so a lot of the songs come in rotation pretty uh you know frequently and that happens to be one of them and that's that's a good jam that was a band that i kind of wrote off for a long time that i'm like 
holy fuck, why did I sleep on these guys? You know, they're right. awesome. Did you guys ever play with them? No, I, you know what? When Bones was with them, possibly. I know I did. Okay. You know, the the, oh. who, the biggest per- people we played with, uh, we played with uh, Volbeat, who's just on another level right now. I can't say how. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That Volbeat tour was so amazing. Man, all the tours have been great, man. I've never, I don't think I've ever listened to Volbeat. Oh, to my check goodness. Because Vol- yeah, Vol- I heard you mention them before. Yeah, yeah, Volbeat's amazing, man. They really are great guys. Man. Yeah. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll last thing, sir, is please give my watchers and listeners your podcast, social, and, and merch info, please. Yes, sir. Okay, so uh, yeah, you can follow me on uh, YouTube. Uh, I actually rebranded it as the TNF podcast. Uh, it seems to be a little more palatable <laughs> to the the sensitive eyes and ears. Um, so yeah, uh, but it's it's always going to be TNF cream. Like you know, there's it is what it is. You know, like uh, so. Yeah, you can follow Tina Podcast on YouTube. Um, you know, you can follow. I don't have an Instagram for TNF because they yeah. they were letting me put on little videos and then they weren't. So it'll probably just be a thumbnail and a link to the video, but I don't have it yet. Uh, Hell's Heart Co. Hell's Heart Co. on Instagram. Hell's Heart Co. Dot Big Cartel. Dot com. Uh, is it all right if I show some of the of shirts course, real quick, just to kind of give. Uh, Give people a, a, a preview. Uh, this is the Hell's Heart Collegiate. Uh, it's got a back. I, you know, kind of going for a hardcore theme. Uh, here's the OG logo. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Uh, oh, I wanted to show this one off because Justin and I did this one, and we're really proud of it. Run, devil, run. And I wore that on our our, uh, yes, our episode, did. the one we did. Yeah, uh, and he's also that, got the. You said that Scott Foose, right? Was it Don Foose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Chip Foose. Yeah, when you said and, that for a second. I was like, is Chip Foose. Yeah. yeah, everybody, everybody asks if he's related to him. Uh, but this, this is the Repo Man one that we ah. did. I asked. I just asked Don. I said. Yo, what's your one of your favorite movies? He's like, oh man, Repo Man, Warriors, yeah. stuff like that. I'm yeah, like, yeah, we're gonna yeah. make you a shirt that's like based on a movie, you know. Um, and so that's kind of my thing. Like, I do movie and like hardcore stuff. Um, sure. You know, like this, this one, this one. Ah. It's Molaram from Temple of Doom, yes, yes. and we tie dyed it. It's like a black metal version. Oh, that's a, no, that's a dope shirt, right there. Um, yeah, yeah. All this is Justin too. All yeah. this is is his uh, awesome creative uh, endeavors like star trek you know big yeah. star trek fan you know uh i'll show you one more let's see oh yeah this is this is one of my favorites uh the robocop versus terminator series <laughs> i don't know if you guys can see this in the light but uh they had a whole comic book robocop versus terminator yeah. years ago and uh i kind of nobody heard about it for a long time you know and uh but so, you know, I, I was just thinking about it and I said, Justin, you remember that? And he said, yeah, dude. And I said, let's do a shirt. And he said, OK. And that was that. Uh, and I wanted to show the one that all the, the porn chicks wore. Where is it? <laughs> no, that's not it. Oh, do I not have it? Bullshit. It's soon to be and then it's it's soon to be the one with Lord Nelson's face oh. on it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm so stoked to be able to do that. Uh, hey, yeah, we're gonna did, be doing the live Justin, and out with Lord Nelson shirt. So yeah did, yeah, did Justin send you the what he sent me? Not yet. No, Ooh. maybe he just did. I don't know. So is, is it sick? Okay, I'm stoked. I'm stoked. Uh, one one I wanted to plug too, real quick. 
This is a uh, bullet. Steve McQueen. McQueen. Yes, Justin sir. did this one. This is this is one of our biggest sellers right awesome. now. Uh, awesome. Buy two, get one free. Uh-huh. Um, and then, you know, you buy a, a certain uh, they're, and they're $30. And the reason they're $30 is because, you know, you have uh, when you get them. Well, I don't want to explain all the details of it, but it's expensive. Uh, and it's you, know, you don't want to you don't want to cheap out on the quality either. Trust me, when you right. get older. A shitty T-shirt feels like a shitty T-shirt. <laughs> so when, once you spoil, well, it does. You know, once you spoil oh, with this really good quality, like yeah. I use when I use polyester, I use a polyester cotton rayon blend shirt. Uh-huh. Feels amazing. Yeah. All all the porn chicks wear them to bed. So you know, it, it's fucking it's dope. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just really want to, you know, with the channel <clears throat> and everything, I just want to connect with people. Um, I'm always looking for guests. Uh, you know, if if maybe if you think you're interesting, submit to me and and you know, I'd love to have you as guest do a in-studio podcast here, you know. So if you're in the LA area, yeah. uh, I would love to have you. We've got um uh Eric Ronin uh from Bile. Uh I don't know if uh, yeah, we were talking about them last yeah, time. Bile yeah, uh-huh. and this band Lockdown. Uh they're gonna be coming on soon. And uh Jeffrey Hatrix from Mushroomhead. Uh, he'll be on the 15th of April, but yeah, just please. I'm shadow banned on YouTube. Uh, go subscribe to me and, uh, please subscribe to live and Live with the Lord podcast yes, yes, and support sir. Mr. Lord Nelson here with all his endeavors. Cause it's blowing up. I, I really like too, how you, how you intersperse the videos with all the different segments and stuff. That yeah, was really yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah man. You know, br- break it up a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah. But I, you love know, it. I, I, I love learned it, that from Matt Hartnett. Who is Matt? You know, Matt, I think Matt's out in LA too. Matt's a big thrash, you know. Who's Matt? Matt Hartner. He's another, he has a podcast also and on the um CMS okay. network. Matt's amazing. Who doesn't? Also. But I learned that from Matt. So I watched some of his things and I was just okay. like, Matt, I said, Matt, I hope you don't mind. I said, yeah. I'm gonna use that. And he's just like, nah, man, it's all love. It's all love, man. So yeah. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I mean, I love using them, but I don't typically yeah. do them in the middle of the video. But I yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of a good idea because it like you know, like the retention rate on here. Sometimes I'm like, you know, I, I know it's not very long. And you, that's yeah. right. But see, I like to talk though. And see, you know, it's it's just as important to me because I'm enjoying myself. So you know, and and listen, sure. I, I I pray that it resonates with with people, you know, to watch or whatever. But yeah. I just want to do me and 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 the people that are going to like and love and and subscribe and support. I thank them so much because uh, I have some yeah. people that I you know I love them. And so I'm just thankful, you know, yeah. and, I, and I always tell Likewise. people, I said, you know, it's all love with me. You either love me or you love to hate me, but it's all love. <laughs> so that's just the way, well, you I know, it, it, I feel like if people are hating you, you're probably doing something right. <laughs> I feel you, man. I feel you. <laughs> you know, well, well, once again, Jay, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Thank you I appreciate you. Namaste. Job bless. That's Namaste, my uh, yeah. outro. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So, hey, you. Yeah. Uh, you ever seen Russell? I, I know he's over where he is. So you ever see Russell Simmons out there doing his yoga stuff when he comes back there? No. Well, anyway, my wife got no. him a couple times to wish me a happy birthday, man. Russell Simmons is one of my favorite people. No way. Yeah, anyways, I'd, I'd be curious to know where he does it, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, when man. he comes, when he Russell comes to Simmons. town, but you know he's over in uh, Valley somewhere over there right now. You know where he's got this thing over there. But we'll anyway. have to do a Def Jam mock shirt and get him to wear it. Hey, one hundred percent. Well, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, once again, you know who it is. It is yours truly, the Lord Nelson, that is. 
from the podcast Live and Loud with the Lord on the CMS Network with Five Royals Entertainment. And we have the amazing, amazing, one more time, amazing podcast host of Tea and Fuckery, <laughs> Jay Curtis Derek. Strickland. Thank you so much, young man. Oh, man, you're the best. You're awesome, man. Thanks. No you're a pleasure. In the mirror, man. You're looking in the mirror. <laughs> All right, and I'd love man. to have you back, man. Yes, sir. So yes, anytime. Same, same with me, man. Thank you so much, man. <laughs> All right, man. Hare Krishna. Yeah, peace.
up. You're listening to Live and Loud with the Lord, Nelson, that is.